the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Stand by. Here we go. I, I got to tell Matt to stand by. Yeah, we were talking about Vegas, and I was, I was just telling him one of my favorite places to eat. It used to be called the Imperial yeah. uh, Casino. Okay. It's been changed now. Okay. Uh, but upstairs, what's it called? Uh, the Haystack or something like mm-hmm. that. It's a, a, a restaurant that I really, oh. really like up there. Okay. You know, there now if I'm want you got to be willing to eat some carbs if right. you go there, right? Uh, because they they make pancakes the size of a of a, a SUV tire. Okay. You know, and when you and when you get it, uh, like I'll get the apple. And it comes with slices of apple in it. So, yeah. No, it's good. Nice. It's good. It's from place started in Indiana up in Amish land yeah. up there. And uh, they, they, they're doing very well out there. They continue to do well. Okay. If I get back out to Vegas, I'm going. It's one of the first places I'll eat at. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Palm at Caesars, uh, and I'm a big fan of STK at the Cosmopolitan. Okay. Do you go Do you go uh, out to the MGM and go to... Uh, Oh, what's the, uh, the, the, the guy who's got the restaurant there, uh, Lingazzi's? Yeah. I mean, I have it. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, you know, I like the win. Uh, I'm still a fan of the win, even though, you know, I hate, like the win, even though they get rid of Steve. Him. Yeah. I'm, I like the win. I bought a lot of cars at the win. Uh, I'm a bit, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I, I like cosmopolitan, um, like the Bellagio, you know, yeah, not, a, nice. yeah, not a big fan of the MGM Grand. Um, I know some people well, are. It's, it's way off. It's kind yeah. of way off of the strip, yeah. so I, to speak. Yeah, I've been to MGM Grand for some fights and things like that, some concerts, you know. I liked Hard Rock, obviously, you know. I like the old, uh, was it uh, down there, the New York, New York? I, yeah. I like going yeah. over there just because of yeah. the layout of the place. That's I like true. that. That's, That's true. a lot of fun place nice. to go to. Yeah. So what's the new shows out there? Do you know? What's kind of new shows they got going on? Uh, there? Well, uh, Britney Spears finished up. She's the done right Last now, of the right? year. She's going to go on a world tour. And Jennifer Lopez is taking her spot. J-Lo's coming. At Planet Hollywood. Okay. Uh, you know, Elton John still plays out there, uh, but he is going to leave and do He's a world tour. He? He's going to do his last world be tour. Done? Uh, you know, Celine Dion still plays. Um, you know, they still have uh, uh, Donnie Marie Osmond in and out. You know, a lot of stand-up comics are now there often, you know, from uh, from Bill Maher to Jay Leno to, you know, uh, David Spade every other weekend. So that's there. Every casino's got a Cirque show, you know. Yeah. Every casino's got a burlesque show. Every casino's got a magician show. Every casino's got a stand-up comic show, you know. Is, uh, what's his name still out there at the uh, the Pyramid? At uh, the Lux? Uh is, it, is that the Lex? Is that oh Luxor? Yeah, the Luxor. Carrot Top's still there. Yeah, 
But there's somebody else out there, the, the magician. Chris, yeah, he's still yeah, he's there. He's still out there? He's still there, yeah. I was, yeah. you know, that's one show I went to that I was really disappointed in. I didn't like it. Yeah. It, was, it, was, like it. it was not very good. Didn't like it. No, I didn't like that show. No, I'm not a fan. I thought it was kind of interesting how they started it off by having some people just sitting in the audience. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. But And then he he did the David Copperfield thing where he's on stage and all of a sudden he shows up in the audience. Right. Okay, he right. did that. But uh, the big uh, the big uh, showstopper, quote, mm-hmm. showstopper mm-hmm. Uh, act uh, stuff didn't showstop me. I do like David Copperfield. He's still doing it. I do. Yeah, Copperfield's still good. Wayne Newton still has a show. <laughs> I don't know if I could sit through Dark Shane. You can tour his house. You know, he tour Wayne Newton's house now and everything. You got it set up, you know, kind of like Graceland. That's pretty cool. Don't you know, if, if, if uh, Elvis had lived. Mm-hmm. He could have had that. He could. He would have been the iconic person in Vegas. True. True. Yeah. You know, we can yeah. keep it going. You're relaxed today, man. You're all yeah. laid back yeah. today. What's, oh, well, what's going know, down no, with no, what's going just, on I was just with talking you here? Some music. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, Elvis could have done that. I, it, it, it's. It's. I wish he would. I. I. He's. He's one of the right. artists I wish still lived. Right. Right. And Michael. I wish Michael right. was still alive. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, Prince, yep. Be nice. What do you think about the Prince fans getting so upset with, uh, the halftime show at the Super Bowl because they, they put Prince on a, on a, on a, you know, on a skim. I mean, they, I don't understand They that. needed to do something because it was Prince's hometown, but I thought the halftime show was horrible. You know, well, it, it was a, it was a Vegas show is what it was. I thought it was horrible. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the appeal of someone just kind of jumping around and singing into a mic i don't yeah. get that what i thought the the one part of the show that i thought was really great is when they clicked outside and they showed the the dome from outside and it was all purple around it and they had you know the they had the logo of prince on the, on yeah, the, yeah, on the ground. Know, i thought that was kind of cool yeah i liked it you know you get what you're were willing, you were you, you, you get prince what you're willing to, yeah i mean you get what you're willing to pay huge for fan of prince. you get what you're willing to pay for and justin timberlake works for free so you got him at halftime you know, could have had you could have had three-fifths of the original guns and roses but you know accident don't show up without getting paid mm-hmm. so you know you gotta you gotta you know pay people you know people like the rolling stones don't play unless they get paid well so you get and stuck they did with, get paid but they went to yeah, the super bowl but you get yeah. stuck with people like Katy perry and justin timberlake and these lame people that you didn't like perry's show huh katie perry yeah you didn't what like a no talent <laughs> what are you Come he on. said it i did perry's not any good i'm gonna tell you what my my daughter and my grand g- girls went to the show here at verizon okay they couldn't stop talking about it for two weeks if you're they a 10 year old girl i'm sure katie perry's they impressive if you're a 10 year old girl yeah it's probably i mean you know you I just I can't respect you if you lip sync. Can't respect you if you don't play an instrument. I got no respect for that. <laughs> you know, if you, if you can't play live, I got no respect for that. You know, if part of your live show is taped, I got no respect for that. I mean, it, Justin Timberlake at halftime was lame. Kiss put on a good halftime show. The Rolling Stones put on a good halftime show. Aerosmith put on a good halftime Pete show. Pete Townsend put on a good halftime yeah. show. Yeah, but you know, they come can, on, man, they that was a great one. The Who that was good. And I can't think of anybody. I mean, Bruno Mars put on a great halftime show. Oh, my show. Lord. But these other clowns that they've had lately, you know, but, but you know, Bruno Mars is a musician. I mean, you know, he, he's not just an entertainer. So there's no, Katy Perry has no talent. 
She's an entertainer. I know. You don't She's like not even her. an entertainer. She's yeah. just a joke. A lot of people would disagree with you. Ah, uh, you know, hey, there's going to be some idiots that go watch John Bon Jovi, the Justin Bieber of the 80s. <laughs> I can't help it, but they're going to go. I, I, you know, I mean, it's just. Didn't we do this last week? Well, no, I just, <laughs> just, just dye Justin Bieber's hair gray and you got a John Bon Jovi show. <laughs> Living on a prayer. <laughs> you know, that song yeah, was written by a guy suffering from low T. Living on a prayer. <laughs> that guy. What a joke. What a joke. Oh, my. All right. They need to book some rock acts. I mean, Matt Smith is in the house. Ozzy today. Osbourne's on tour. He needs to play Verizon Arena. White Snake's on tour. They need to play Verizon. Ozzy's Poison's on, on tour. They need okay, to play so Verizon. Ozzy's out by himself now? Uh, Stone Sour's going to open. Um, Ozzy's playing. Zach Wilde is back on guitar. It's a solo band. You know, uh, Black Sabbath's not going to tour anymore, so it's just Ozzy with his solo band. Is that band. because I only got cancer? Yeah, the whole bit. And this may be Ozzy's actual last tour. You know, those guys are getting older. I like it. But yeah, how old is Ozzy now? He's oh, in his 70s? 70s, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, I'd love yeah. him. I love him. I, I yeah. could kick myself in the you-know-where because I didn't go see him in Dallas. Yeah. But I was sure that somewhere along the line they would that Sabbath would stop here mm. on an off day in Little Rock, and I was so wrong, and I missed that show, and I wanted to see it. Did you see him when they were back together? Yeah. How was it? Yeah, good. Yeah. Were they still, yeah. did they still have their timing down and everything? Yeah. I mean, they were good. Yeah. I mean, I saw them with Ozzy and then, uh, when they toured, uh, with Dio, um, when black Sabbath did the heaven and hell tour with Dio, it's probably been 10 years ago. Uh, I saw them. So I was blessed to see both versions. I saw, I saw black Sabbath with Dio, I think probably in 08 or maybe 20, 2010 in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was a great show, man. I'll never forget when I was in college and I dropped masters of reality on my turntable and dropped a needle in it. And that started with that cough. <laughs> a great album. No, oh, man. I wish we get those acts though. White snake is out, uh, uh, with, uh, foreigner, uh, and John Bonham this summer. And uh, Poison is out with cheap trick and pop evil this summer. And Ozzy Osbourne is out with stone, stone sour. They all need to come to Verizon. That's three acts we need. I love Cheap Trick. But we'll probably get like the monster trucks four times. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. No, we got a couple of good shows yeah, coming in. Know. We got Def Leppard coming with Journey. Yeah, well, we got. Uh, and there's a lot right. of people who have told me, I want to go see Journey because I want to see this Filipino guy singing um, because he's supposed to be as good as Steve was. Generally, we. We okay. We have Def Leppard, but I'll give you that, and that's a real band. Okay, I'll give you that. But generally, what comes to Verizon Arena is either a, you know, band that's knocking at death's door, or a band on their way up. People at the top of their game generally not playing Verizon. All right. Well, now we've got uh, Sticks coming. Yeah, the band that started almost fifty years ago. Oh yeah, they've been around for a long time. Who's who's with them? uh sticks uh ariel speedwagon and Donfield. Yeah. now ariel speedwagon again you know gary's gone the lead guitarist and i don't you know that that's sad because he was great he was a great performer they're a good band yeah, yeah i'm with you i'm with you high infidelity yeah. still <laughs> stands up to the time yeah Donfielder's coming ariel speedwagon's coming sticks is coming you know chicago's coming on their 50th anniversary tour i gotta go see them yeah. you know yeah. the, fir the first time i saw chicago 
was at Dex, Dex Card's uh, teen club in Chicago. Dex Card was a jock at WCFL. And I went to see, at that time, CTA, the Ides of March, and this brand new dude from Detroit, Michigan, by the name of Alice Cooper. Auntie Alice. And guess what? You know how much it cost me to see this? 50 cents. Can't beat that deal. 50 cents. Oh, yes. That the got me a, inflation prices. When I, when, I, when I did an interview with Chicago, the reason I got the interview is that Walter Perizader wanted to talk to the guy that had been to Dex Cards Club. Nice. And he loved it. Nice. So I ended up talking to uh, Bobby Lamb and the whole crew. Hey, that, now. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun because I loved their music. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I moved away from listening to Chicago after they continued to put out album after album of power ballads. That this is a group that when they want to rock, yeah, they can rock, yeah. and they got all of that brass up there, which I love. Right, right, right. Which I love. I'll go to that show. I'll go. I'll probably go to it. I'll yeah. go. But we need Ozzy tour. We need the White Snake tour. We need the Poison tour. Thank you. Now, I bring Matt on to talk. Okay. Movies. Yeah. And we're here doing what we always do: talking Side music, track to music. <laughs> Maybe in a minute we'll get on TV. Well, can't I can't in a little do, while we'll talk can't about do the TV some with you today, buddy. We can't talk TV today. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Well, we can't put you on. TV. Oh, okay. We'll do that can't later. You, we'll do that. Yeah, later. that's okay. going to be in a couple of weeks. You have to let me. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll have you in here and uh, let you know so you, that camera. you can you can just blow everybody's mind. Okay. And you can tell them yes, I have an MBA, and yes, I have a long hair. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's so, right. When, hey, when are you making your presentation in Cabot? Um. Oh, I don't know yet. I was waiting until after the uh, special election, which I guess is the 13th. That's I want to pre- week, I yes, proceed sir. after that. What, see what Tuesday or next week. Yeah, and on Monday, we'll be shutting down a couple of screens in cabinet, tearing seats out, getting ready to pour our concrete and build our new stadium put platforms, the put the recliners in. Uh, we're going to do two screens. Um, that'll take about five weeks, and we'll come back and do the two other screens. And by the end of April, uh, every chair in Cabot will be an electric wow. leather luxury recliner with a table and reserved seat. Have you gotten really great reviews? I mean, everybody I People talk like to the love it. They, there's not a there's not a town the size of Cabot in North America that has those seats. You know, all the people who who were giving you crap a couple mm-hmm. of years back when you first bought Silver Screen. How long have you owned it now? Um, fifteen years. It's been that long now. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, when he, when Matt took over that cinema, it had been trashed out, man, and it was going to take a long time to bring it back to the vision that Matt had, and it did. And now it's like you walk in there, and it's awesome, 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 awesome. You know, if I if I was feeling good today, really, really good, I I'd start doing. I'm not worthy. Oh, right man. in front of you right now. Well, I, I think people forget, um, you know, one, that it used to be a little uh, four screen with uh, analog sound and 35 millimeter film and little bitty tiny chairs that yeah. didn't rock or, you know. I pe- remember those days. People forget it's an eight plex now with all digital Dolby sound and all digital light projection. And, you know, of course, we're doing the recliners. And it's, uh, I mean, it is it is extremely nice for a town that is that small you know, and it, when it's 
it's extremely nice for some of the major cities of America. Well, you know, you just look around, you know, they don't have those seats in Texarkana and they don't have them in Pine Bluff and they don't have them in Conway and they don't have them in North Little Rock and they don't have them in Jonesboro and they don't have them in Fort Smith. And, you know, the list goes on and on. So it's it's pretty pretty crazy for a small town the size of Cabot to have that. And you have all the great food that you can get at all of the locations that, uh, that Matt owns. up. You know, you got them at Hot Springs. You got that great food at uh, Riverdale. You got the great food at uh, silver screen got the great food up in Cersei. yes too. all the food menus are the same and you can hit the websites and check it out silverscreencabot.com just click on the food menu uh, we got fresh made to order food we cook it when you order it handcrafted pizzas chicken tenders french fries cheeseburgers sliders um, nathan's hot dogs state fair corn dogs we got desserts like key lime pie chocolate peanut butter pie we have ice cream um, and of course uh, bavarian pretzels uh toaster raviolis mozzarella cheese sticks white castle oh yeah all the all the hot foods that you would want <laughs> i had to get that <laughs> and of course you know soda and candy and popcorn your traditional concession food and then in uh, little rock riverdale10.com and in hot springs hot springs vip.com we serve beer and wine maybe in the near future in another part of the state we'd like to in cabot we really would yeah i agree so, i hope it does that would be good that would be good but know. we got to more recliners going in starting Monday, and it's going to be about a 10-week process to do the last four rooms in Cabot. But by the end of April, every chair in Cabot will be a electric leather recliner with a table and reserved seating. All right. So before well, – I got to get to break. When okay. We get, when we come back from break, are you ready for the onslaught? We'll talk about what that onslaught is when we return. Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right. So I want to ask Matt. If he's ready, are you ready for the Black Panther? Oh, yeah. They're saying that this oh, yeah. movie is going to be bigger than the Avengers Infinity Wars. Do you believe that? Uh, you talking about the Avengers coming up in May? Yeah. No, 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 no. Not going to be bigger than that. No. Black Panther is going to be the biggest February movie ever. It's going to sell more than Deadpool. What are they predicting now for ticket sales? I, I forgot what they said. They're, they're expecting... 130 million first okay. weekend. Yeah, somebody was saying 100 to 135 million. Those were the projections a few weeks ago. I could go 150 this weekend, maybe. What I like about it, it's going to bring out all the Marvel, fa- Marvel faithful. And it's also going to bring out a new audience, which is great. But I do not think it will do Avengers type business. No, I don't. But it, it will be bigger than Deadpool. It will be the biggest February opening ever. Um, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. I'm glad to see this. I, I, I like. The fact that Wonder Woman's been put out, we've got this Black Panther, we're expanding the movie-going universe. I like that a lot. More diversity? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we need that. I mean, and you know, you want, you want different avenues of entertainment. We need to include everybody. Uh, that needs to be out there. I, I like to see a wide variety of motion pictures being made. And you and I have talked about this before. I, I think we need more female directors. I think we need more films that are female-driven. I just don't want the awards to be based on politics. I want the awards to be based on good films. All right. Hold your thought. We'll be back. We'll talk more about it. Todd Starnes. You know, man, people need to remember what the Duke used to say. Yeah. Life is hard. Yeah. But life is really hard when you're stupid. That's true. (laughs) Yes, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Nancy knows. Ain't that true. $1,000 $1,000 is just crumbs. Oh, man. It crumbs. $1,000 is crumbs. Yeah, that's all it is because she's crumbs. real rich. Crumbs. And we don't need a wall on the border, but I need a wall around my home. 
crumbs. Like crumbs. give those people out. Somebody walks in here right now, hand out thousand dollars. I'm gonna I'm take, gonna take it. it. I'm gonna take it, man. Take it and it, it, they can take seven fifty for taxes. <laughs> I'll take right. the seven. I'll take the seven fifty. Right, right. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll take whatever extra I can get. How's, how's extra money? Not good. Who don't want extra money? Do you remember when Fifty Shades of Grey came out? Yeah, the promotion that I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. You was crazy. You was trying to get us locked in jail. <laughs> I guess. He's locked up down there. I can't handle that, man. Yeah, you know it's so funny. I I was thinking about it the other day, man. And 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 they wouldn't let me do it. And I'm just saying that would have been that would have been a just a huge promo. I wouldn't either. You know, I'm gonna tell you back in the day. Back in the day, I used to have a bulletin board. I see this bulletin board in the box office, and when I had somebody act a fool in my movie theater repeatedly, I take a Polaroid picture of them, and I stick it on that bulletin board. And I tell the staff, "Yo, man, this dude is banned. If you'd have come up with that promotion You're back then, that I'd be up I'd have on put the your picture board. in the box office. I'd be like, this Dave Ellsworth dude is banned. Let this crazy dude back in here. People come yeah, around and ask was... me about you. I'll be like, I don't even know that dude. I don't even know that guy. Dave who? I ain't even heard of no Dave Ellsworth. Did you see in the paper today? Market Street Cinema was uh, talked about in that article. Yeah, yeah, that? That, that was that was that was cool, man. You guys that, saw City of God cool. there. Yeah, that was cool, man. Let me let me find. And if you've never out. seen City of God, where have you been? That is a great movie. It is a great. Have you seen that one, Zach? Have you seen City of God? I've seen it one time before, but I don't remember it. Oh, it's kind. Of, it's it's one of those generational type of films. Uh, you know, where you got five or six storylines going on yeah it's a great movie i really really like that i thought i was really impressed that they were talking some guy was talking yeah. about that was his movie yeah. oh there he is who, chris, who, what was his name? chris wilkes he is a little rock based digital content specialist and he's the chairman of the hot springs documentary film festival this is what chris says in the newspaper today and i quote there was a once a time about a decade and a half ago when I visited the late, great Market Street Cinema almost every weekend to watch back-to-back movies, it was a glorious time when all five screens were playing foreign language or art house films, and you could watch great films while enjoying a glass of Cabernet with enough legroom to accommodate Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I watched scores of excellent movies there, but City of God is easily the most personally memorable that's a great movie, and I appreciate you're still that right about that about Market Street Cinema. Appreciate that shout out. Yeah, I hope we Chris. Did the, somebody we informed. did the classic. We did the classic movie there for years. Somebody's informed Chris Wilkes that we're now at twenty six hundred Cantrell Road. That's right in the Razorback Shopping Center, Riverdale Ten, Riverdale Ten dot com. Come by and see us. We're still playing great films, brother, and playing those foreign films that you're talking about. Yes, we hey, we got a couple of French films coming up. Uh, this spring i mean you need to go to riverdale10.com and click coming soon and just see the slew of awesome classics and cult hits and foreign films we've got coming up mm. all right so i brought up that promo that promotion i was thinking about doing for 50 oh, shades because coming up here uh we've got 50 shades freed this is yes. the, supposedly the third and final 50 shades movie uh did you go and watch it I have not seen it, okay. but I haven't seen the other two, so it doesn't really ring my bell. The women love it, right? Right? They love it. I bet you you sell a lot of wine that night. Yes, they get their wine, they go sit down, they watch the movie, and then they go out and buy a set of handcuffs. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Right? I, I've not seen these movies. I 
I read 10 pages of the first book and that was enough for me. It, it's definitely chick flick stuff. Speaking of. There it is. Okay. Riverdale10.com. Shades Free is at Riverdale 10. Go ahead. Let me tell you what's playing. Riverdale10.com is the website. Sign up for the email newsletter. Like us on Facebook. Download the free theater group mobile app. All the links are on the website, Riverdale10.com. You can click coming soon to see all the cool movies we've got coming up this year. Every Tuesday night, we have an awesome Too Cool Tuesday event. Of course, we're home to the Dave Ellswick Classic, the second Tuesday of every month. Coming up this Tuesday, February the 13th, The Sound of Music on two screens. Buy your tickets now, Riverdale10.com, The Sound of Music, 7 o'clock Tuesday night, February the 13th. Tickets are only 9 bucks, and they are on sale. Go to Coming Soon at the website and check out all the cool movies we got coming up this year. Things like the Maltese Falcon, Ooh. Gone with the Wind, The Big Lebowski, Godfather Part 2, True Romance, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill Volume 1, The Room, Die Hard, White Christmas, A Christmas Story. Every Tuesday night, there's something cool happening at Riverdale 10. It's two cool Tuesdays. Riverdale10.com. Just click Coming Soon. Now, happening this week, brand new today. Fifty Shades Freed, 1517 to Paris, and Peter Rabbit. Those three new ones start today. We're also showing the Academy Award-nominated three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. The Academy Award-nominated Phantom Thread. The Academy Award-nominated The Post. Academy Award nominee I, Tanya. Academy Award nominee The Shape of Water. And Academy Award nominee The Greatest Showman. All of those are still on the screen. We're still playing Hostels, and we're still playing the number one movie four weeks in a row with The Rock and Kevin Hart, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, Riverdale10.com. Now, of course, next week we have Black Panther. There's a Thursday night special show of Black Panther, and those tickets are already on sale. Be sure to pick up your 2018 Theater Group refill tub. You buy this popcorn tub. I've got mine. And for an entire year, you get free popcorn when you bring it in on Wednesdays. And you can refill this bucket any day of the week, Thursday through Tuesday, for just 4 bucks. You can use this 2018 refill popcorn bucket in Cabot, Searcy, Little Rock, and Hot Springs. Take it to any of the four movie theaters. Riverdale10.com. We're serving over 40 different beers, eight different wines, and a full food menu. Chicken tenders, Nathan's hot dogs, Bavarian pretzels, State Fair corn dogs, key lime pie, chocolate peanut butter pie, cheeseburgers, french fries, Chicken tenders, chicken wings, toasted ravioli, mozzarella cheese sticks, fresh made-to-order handcrafted pizza, and, of course, popcorn and soda and nachos and candy and all your traditional concession stand fare. But we got some awesome desserts and some hot, hot cooked meals made ready to order. All right, I got to ask a question. Yep. So which one is going to rule at the uh, the Oscars, will it be three billboards outside Ebby, Missouri, or will it be the Shape of Water? The Shape of Water is up for 13, uh, but those two will own the night. There is no doubt. Those are the top contenders this year. Uh, they both star women. Uh, that's kind of the political slant for this award season. Mm-hmm. Those two are going to clean up. And we just talked about this during the break. Yeah, if they could nominate a woman for best actor this year, they would. Yeah. You know, that's where we're at with it. I'm, I'm so, with you. I'm, just, I'm with hey, you on that. I just, I just wish they could just give their speeches. You know, it's real easy. You get up there, you thank your mom and dad, you thank the director, you thank the cast and crew, you know, you thank your co-stars, and you then thank you sit God, down. 
grab your statue, you wave it around, sit down. Five-minute speech, you're done. You don't have to get up there and talk about all the politics and global warming and the price of gasoline and, you know, tea in China. Just get your award. Thank some folks. Set your butt in the chair. That's it. I'm with you on that. I, I agree with you. So uh, The Shape of Water and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I've not seen either one. Oh, man. If I've got to pick one, do I do The Shape of Water or do, oh, or do I do oh, Billboard? Oh, man. Come on. That's so hard, man. I can't. I don't even. I, 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 is Billboard's kind of a billboards dramedy? Good. Yeah, Billboard's is Billboards is good. And, 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 you know, Shape of Water is strange in a lot of ways, but it's oh, shot. Geremod, it's man, it, it, it is shot so well. The colors the 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 cinematography uh how they have portrayed the 50s it you know why i would go man, it's, it's it's, it's hard to reason. not like shape of water there is one reason i'd go yeah. see it michael shannon yeah yeah he's 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 he's, he's one of my he's, favorite actors right now yes he's awesome he's really good he's really good so i'm gonna move on to the big city hot springs okay all right go hot go springs vip cinema that's hot springs vip.com buy your advanced tickets uh, go on there and reserve your seats. Of course, in Hot Springs and at Riverdale 10, we've got the leather electric luxury recliners with tables and reserved seating. HotspringsVIP.com, 50 Shades Freed, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Great movie. Hostiles. Great, great movie. 12 Strong. Great, great, great movie. Forever My Girl. Haven't seen it. Maze Runner Death Cure. Haven't seen it yet. That's hotspringsvip.com, over 40 different beers, eight different wines, and of course, we've got uh, all the hot, cooked, fresh, made-to-order food. You can go to the website, hotspringsvip.com, reserve your seats, like our Facebook page, sign up for the email newsletter, download the free Theater Group, Inc. mobile app. It's all there at the website. And this year in Hot Springs, we'll be uh, building a new parking lot, uh, adding on more screens, new front facade, some new signage, the whole bit. So... um, uh, that's happening in Hot Springs this year, and we hope to have those new screens open. We're hoping by Halloween, if not before. HotSpringsVIP.com, serving beer and wine, full food menus, and, of course, reserved seating. Make sure you check that out. All right. Moving on to, oh, yeah, and next week in Hot Springs, we'll have the exclusive run of Samson. I will also have the, want exc- to see that. the exclusive run of Early Man next week in Hot I Springs. I definitely want to see that. And, of course, we've got the exclusive run of Black Panther. So if you're in Garland County, you want to see Black Panther, hotspringsvip.com. And I know a lot of people are interested in Tomb Raider. We'll have the exclusive run of Tomb Raider, hotspringsvip.com. Moving on to Dave's hometown, the big city of Cabot, Arkansas. And the Silver Screen, one of the greatest movie theaters in Arkansas. Silverscreencabot.com. Dave's out there every every weekend to watch something. I am. Guy loves watch. This guy's a movie junkie. He's worse than me. SilverScreenCabot.com, 50 Shades Freed, Peter Rabbit, 1517 to Paris, Maze Runner Death Cure, The Greatest Showman, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, Hostiles, and Winchester. SilverScreenCabot.com. Now we've got luxury leather recliners with tables and reserved seating in four auditoriums. And starting Monday, we'll be converting the rest of the theater. Uh, by April, every chair in Cabot will be a luxury leather recliner with tables and reserved seating. Full food menu in Cabot. All the hot food we talked about, just go to silverscreencabot.com, click menu. Of course, you can download the free Theater Group Inc. mobile app, sign up for the email newsletter, and like our Facebook page. 
all at silverscreencabot.com. Check out the menu with the cheeseburgers, french fries, chicken tenders, fresh handcrafted pizza. It's all there. And, of course, desserts in your traditional concession stand food, silverscreencabot.com. Now, if you happen to be a little further north in White County, it's CerseCinema.com. We've got a couple of tickets to the Cersei Cinema 8 to give away today here on the show. Dave will let you know when. CerseCinema.com, playing this week, Fifty Shades Freed, Peter Rabbit, 1517 to Paris, The Greatest Showman, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, Maze Runner Death Cure, Winchester, and Hostiles, CerseCinema.com. Buy your advance tickets there at the website. Like us on Facebook, sign up for the email newsletter, and of course, download the free Theater Group Inc. mobile app. It's all on the website, CerseCinema.com. You can check out the full food menu there in Cersei. All four movie theaters have this full food menu. We got the 2018 refill tub. Get your popcorn by this 2018 theater group refill tub. You get free popcorn on Wednesdays and you get refills for just four bucks Thursday through Tuesday. You can use the popcorn tub at any of our four locations. Okay. All year long. And. Okay. Hold on. If you got a gift card, no matter where you bought that gift card, you can use it at any of the four theaters. So if you bought a gift card in Cabot, you use it in Cersei, Little Rock, Hot Springs. Bought a gift card in Little Rock, you can use it in Little Rock, Hot Springs, Cersei, Cabot. Gift cards can be used at any location, no matter where you used it, where you bought it. All right. So, Zach, have you bought your popcorn tub yet? I'm not a big popcorn eater. I don't care. You should buy one. I mean, if you only eat popcorn twice this year, it pays for itself easily. Maybe I won't. I mean, it's great. Well, you... There's something inherently wrong with your DNA if you do not eat popcorn at the movies. I'll take the cheese sticks. Okay. You got any kind of, like, buckets for cheese sticks? I don't have any cheese stick buckets, man. <laughs> you need to get one. Just for me. <laughs> Just for Zach. Cheese stick buckets. I'm going to tell you what. I go to the movies, and I have made my mind up walking from my car to the theater tonight. I don't, I've just come back from dinner. I do not need any popcorn. <laughs> and then I walk in and the smell of that popcorn popping assails my nostrils. And it's like the old cartoons that showed the, like the, the steam with the fingers and it would grab you by your nostrils and lift you up into the air and bring, bring you or taking you. That's what happens to me. I end up buying a big old thing of popcorn. I don't know how Zach can pop into the movies, smell the popcorn, and get out without eating some corn. I agree. (laughs) I agree. Dude. Dude. And I'm just saying, do you like buy the popcorn that you serve at your theaters from Columbia? Columbia? I'm telling you, it's like think cocaine. It's you think it's got opioids in yeah, it? Yeah, it's got something in it's it. It's that opioid butter. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> where do you, where, yeah, where do you opioid butter. The opioid butter. So where do you it's buy? Addictive. Where do you Where do you buy your popcorn from? It's associated popcorn. They got different grades. And, where can you get you know. it at? Can I buy it? Um, or do I have to buy like 60, you know, yeah. five tons or something? Yeah. I mean, it comes in a hundred pound bags, man. Okay, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, so, you know, I don't think I'll you know, bag a popcorn. Now, I might eat through that by the end of a year, but you still know, it's a hundred pound bag of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I want to get me one of those little poppers that you get right? like at Sam's. It's, right. It's got, right? The, it's got the silver thing that you got, like what you got it, and make it, my popcorn. I mean, one. you just can't beat hot buttered popcorn. 
you know. And it's just made differently at the movie theater. We've got that butter stand over there now, man. People just soak it down. Man. Uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> I mean, it, they just drown yeah. it, man. But and, it's good. I mean, when it's hot like that, hey, you know. And then you put some, you know, you put the popcorn salt on. Oh man, that salt's so good. Yeah. I've got to eat. I've got to eat the. I do this What's because I get the first eight bites of the popcorn. Just the popcorn, straight popcorn salt. You want the regular popcorn yes. salt? You're not going for like the cheddar no, or the parmesan? No, yeah. or, okay. Sit okay. there and, and the white cheese. I put one. it on there after the butter has been put on. Right. And see, I've got to eat the first eight bites because I put so much salt on. <laughs> my wife goes, oh, you know, when she takes the bite of it. And I, I just load it up and eat it like crazy. My well, blood pressure probably jumps I'm I'm sure twenty points. Well, if you've got since we've got the salt and butter stand, you can mix it like you want. So you can get your oh, butter on there good. like you want. You get your salt on there like it's you want. Good. Shake it around, layer it in, whatever. Yeah. So people seem to enjoy that. I it's had really a woman, good. Had a woman put a picture up in this bucket. She would got the refill bucket, man. It was just teeming. I was like, man, I don't even. Did she, she was put pouring it? butter out. Yeah, of the bucket? man. Did she put any? Did she put any popcorn? You know, <laughs> in with her butter. Oh, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll see if I can find the picture. Well, we'll it was see, hilarious. I'll look at it when we come Bye, back. Got to get a break in. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Matt Smith is here from the movie theaters here in Central Arkansas. Ninety-six-five FM, the answer. Okay, now remember over at the Riverdale Ten VIP Cinema. 2600 Cantrell Road, the movies showing at the theater, they show most of the um, best picture movies that would be Oh, at yeah, the we played Award. them all. Yeah, we played them all. We played all the Academy Award nominees, absolutely. So if Riverdale you haven't seen com. them, it's your fault. Yes, they're on the screen, absolutely. You know, right now, the two big ones that are playing uh, at Riverdale, well, there's really four big ones. You got... Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri in the shape of water. Five. I, Tanya, which you said wasn't all that good. Uh, I the, mean, why, why do you, it's nominated for actress. Okay. I get that. For Robbie. Okay. I get that. Okay. It just, I'm just not the target demo for the film, I guess. Okay. You know, I mean, it, I understand why she's nominated. Okay. And I'm not knocking her performance and she deserves the nomination that she got for the Oscar. I can agree with that. But the overall arc of the film was not for me because it struck me as a lifetime movie. Now, I understand there's an audience for that. There's a whole network based on it, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. It just, I'm not the target demo for that for that movie. I mean, just well, like. It's just like me, I'm not the target demo for The Post. Right, right, right. Because I, I don't need to go watch a movie done by Spielberg that is an apologetic show of the way journalism at one time was. Okay. And now is not even close to that anymore. And even then, they show their idiocy. Phantom Threat, I haven't seen, and I, I chastise myself for that because Daniel Day-Lewis is just an outstanding actor. I don't think I've ever seen a movie he was in that I did not like. You know? There Will Be Blood, Gangs of New York, My Left Foot. We can just go down the list. The guy is an awesome actor, and I'm so sorry to hear that he says that this will be the last movie that he does. He's only 60. He's awesome. Daniel Day-Lewis, Spencer Tracy acted till he was late 70s. Come on, man. Right. Uh, do some more movies. Uh, You're you know, good. He might change. You're good. He might change his mind, you know. Robert Duvall, how old is he? And he's still acting. Yeah, he's but- a great, great, he's, he's an iconic 
American acting symbol. What well, a great, great actor he is. What if they uh, go ahead and just um, give him the Oscar? You know, maybe it's like winning the Super Bowl. You decide not to retire. Well, yeah, hey, maybe so. Know, but they, come back one more time. If he gets yeah. one for Phantom right? Thread, right? It's only a, another couple of years, and they got to give him a lifetime achievement award. Oscar. He deserves some Phantom Thread's <laughs> awesome. I, what, what can I say? All right. got, yeah, come that on. may be the one that I go see this weekend. Magua! Just saying, may go see it this weekend. All right, got it. <laughs> Got to get a break in. We got another half hour coming up. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to go to Cersei Cinema 8. Be listening to win here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. All right, move into the last half hour that we're going to have uh, Matt with us. It's good to have him here. I was telling him during the break, a movie I was looking forward to comes out, a date that I have on it now is March 16th, so we're not that far from it being released now that that may be in limited release when it first gets out i don't know if it's going to be a big release at the time or not but seven days in Entebbe is okay. going to be uh, released and i'm looking forward to when's this. the release date uh march 16th okay what day that they're here. saying uh, are, you, are you familiar zach with mm, the raid on Entebbe? Mm, okay Idi Amin was the dictator of uganda at that time and a group of jewish citizens were taken hostage by palestinian terrorists and uh, the Mossad pulled off one of the most daring rescue raids ever and so they're remake they're going to make that into a, a it came out for a tv movie back in 76 they're going to make it into a full theatrical release this year. And it's coming out when? Uh, March 16th. That's the mm. date that I have okay. from IMDb. It was supposed to be March 9th. And oh, who's moved the distributor? Back Who does IMDb say the distributor is? Because I can't, let I can't, me take a look here. can't find the movie and film journal. I'm looking. I am looking. I'm going to my phone, to my brain. Distribution by whom? Focus features. Yeah, focus. Ah. And focus, focus is pretty is good. Distributor, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it mm-hmm. should be it should be okay. Then. Focus, yeah, yeah. They're they're not bad. They're pretty good on. Yeah, getting... if it's from Focus, it'll play at Riverdale. Good. I'll play. I'll be focus there. Films, I'll so. probably be yeah. standing in line to buy the first ticket. Play Focus one hundred percent. I love. I, I 
this story is focus so, is like searchlight you know it, they just yeah, they just don't go wrong you know it's, it's shape such, of water searchlight it is such a huge it's one of those movies that it, it makes you feel good when it's over because three billboards of searchlight they get it out man darkest hours focus yeah they get it done by the way zookeeper's what, wife was focused what's, mm-hmm. what's going on with lionsgate something went down with lionsgate the other day but the uh what's that the company i don't know i i just saw mm-hmm. a headline or something about uh, lionsgate any you any insight that you have sir well you know i mean you know you you you've got the major studios okay you got the major studios which is disney warner fox paramount sony universal that's the big six and you had a couple mini majors out there with lionsgate and summit you know summit had all the twilight movies for example Mm mm-hmm and they merged, and then when they merged, you know, Lionsgate thought they were a major, but they're just not. Now, you know, Lionsgate is bigger than Annapurna or Averon or A24. Oh, those guys are a joke, you know. <laughs> Area 24 is a joke. Okay, we're distributing. as Me and you could operate distribution better than Area 24. Anyway. Okay, all right. Lionsgate is, I don't know maybe just a little more cocky than they should be they're just not one of the big six they're they're they want to be there's the big six distributors and then a step down from that is Lionsgate, and then stepping down from that you get into the smaller guys like area 24 annapurna averon ifc hmm. sony classics search like people like that okay and you've got some intelligent people out there like the guys that run Searchlight, and those guys know everything and they know everything about their films. They know everything about their towns. They know everything about the theaters. They know where to place a movie. They know how to maximize the revenue out of their movie. Searchlight is very good at that. Uh, the people at Area 24 are very lazy. They don't do a lot of research. They just kind of plug titles in here and there. And I think overall it hurts their box office. So, yeah, kind of. They're they're not. Um, yeah, they're not. You, know, you take a you take a movie that's. Uh, good film like lady bird mm-hmm. and if it was distributed by somebody besides area 24 it would probably do double triple quadruple the gross you know if if, if somebody like fox searchlight had lady bird it would do so much more business you know uh another small companies like neon neon's got i tanya and they kind of stumbled around out there in the dark a little bit so but they uh, did all right with i tanya um uh, well you know if i tanya was distributed by searchlight he'd probably do 10 times the gross oh okay yeah i mean it, it it's just it's just um you know some of them just don't know what they're doing you know i mean it's just it's that simple um there's there's people out there that just handle distribution so well and i'm not talking about dominating the world like disney i'm just talking about knowing where to place your films you know i mean there's just there's just certain theaters that do money and ticket sales on certain types of movies you know and and, like riverdale well yeah but but i mean it's that way all across america i mean every at every city at every city in america there's somebody like you that plays every city in america there's there's a theater that appeals to senior citizens there's a theater that appeals to teenagers there's a theater that appeals to art house film goers there's a theater that appeals to people that watch documentaries whatever you know you know people would go somewhere to watch a movie but um that's not necessarily the best location for it 
you could take an intelligent motion picture that um, is just um, uh, geared toward an adult or it's an award-type motion picture. Uh, you take a movie like Darkest Hour or something along those lines, and I play that at Riverdale, and I'll sell more tickets than other theaters in town. And then you can take some junk like Winchester, which is this junk teenage horror movie. C+. plus. <laughs> You're being generous. Um, <laughs> but you can take some junk like that, and if they just force it on me, I'll play it at Riverdale, but it's really a waste of a screen. But now you can take some junk like that that appeals to teenage kids. And, I mean, that thing just blows the door off. Put it at Rave, right? Yeah. Well, at the Rave, that's, what, that's, that's a lot of the people that go to the Rave are young kids. When they right. came on. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I don't go right. back to the Rave anymore. Right, right. I mean, it's, that's, yeah. you know. It, it, and, and so it's that way everywhere in the country. I mean, it's that way in every city in America. And and if you if you understand the demographic of the customer that is attending an individual location, you can maximize the revenue of your movie. You know, but you take a you take a movie like Darkest Hour that's going to appeal to some older people, some adults, some senior citizens. They don't want to miss they, they don't want to miss that crap. They don't want to mess with the game room. They yeah. don't want to mess with a bunch of clowns playing on their cell phone. They don't want to mess with people inside the auditorium filming the screen. They don't want to mess with kids in there texting and, and, and clocking in on Facebook. They don't want to see all the phones lit up in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go out there and climb that 5,000 miles of steps to watch Darkest Hour. It's just too much of a headache. They're not going to go. you know. Whereas you can take an ignorant 15-year-old video game uh, Instagram-obsessed teenager. <laughs> they don't even know Riverdale 10's open, which is awesome. We don't want them to find yeah. it. You know, we're trying to hide from them. So you know, it it it's 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 that way everywhere. I, mean, I in America. understand you. Yes, you pat you know you pattern yourself after the audience that you want to draw. We try to. I mean, if you're in there on your phone at Riverdale, somebody's gonna step into Torb and say, "Get off the phone." <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. We're yeah. gonna be rude about it. You yeah. know, if you want to play on your phone, get out in the lobby, fool. People yeah. in here trying to watch a movie. You know. I mean, that, that's that. You know, you want to play a video game? You you had the wrong spot, brother. This ain't. This is not your spot. Gotcha. You know, we about, we serious about watching film. We we want people well, in that's here. That's why you turn show your it. Phone, yeah, turn your phone off. Be quiet. Folks done bought a ticket. They want to watch the movie. They don't want to watch you playing on the phone. That's right. Amen. That's why grown folks just, go I, to Riverdale. That was a religious experience for you, wasn't it, Zach? <laughs> Man, come on! You get right into the you 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 get right there. You come on. You with me, Zach? Mm-hmm. You right there, man. You in the movie, and the movie's been on for oh, you know, about thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes, forty minutes. You're getting into the second reel. You're getting into the second act. You're at the meat of the movie, and some chump a roll up on your left answers the phone. Yeah. He uh, answers the phone. Yeah, yeah I'm, on, I'm, I'm at the movie. And you got this guy. It's this pretty, guy's it's, on the phone. It, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not bad. He just wanna... <laughs> Seriously, right, Zach? You're just like. And that's why I go to the to the movies usually For between real. 12 and 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. Hey, I will tell phone. you what. I have looked at at some young people before in, in, in Cabot. Yes. Yes. And stood up and moved down yes. the aisle and said, you mind turning your phone off, dude? Why did they buy a ticket, man? Why did you buy a ticket if he was going to play on the phone? You could have just sat in the sofa in the mm-hmm. lobby and played That's on your right. phone. That's yep. right. Absolutely. Don't be ruining the movie for me. Movies, you know, I, 
I'm going to pay 20 bucks basically to go see a movie with, with uh, the person I'm going with. I don't want you to ruin the experience. Exactly. Talking on the, the phone. phone. Yeah. Idiot. I put a flashlight in this guy's face one day. He said, get off the phone. And then he come out and asked for a refund. <laughs> so, man, you got to go. <laughs> you got to go. You need to leave. Ban him. Yeah, I'm calling the office. I'm calling. Man, you call that number on the wall over there, and you tell them the long-haired guy with the flashlight made you leave. Oh, that's the owner. <laughs> call him. <laughs> call him and tell him that. All right. Seven. He was in there talking on the phone, yes. and he was loud. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. 317 on a Friday. I got a couple of tickets to go to the Cersei Cinema 8. Uh, if you're from uh, that area, if you're from any place where you can hear my voice, but for you who are in BB and and areas around there, you probably would like this Cabot. It's not that far. Uh, go and uh, know that I got two tickets right now. You'll be the fifth caller, 8230965, 8230965. And uh, guess what? You'll win yourself a pair of tickets. Zach's waiting for your call. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. Neil's on the line, wants to talk to us. Hey, Neil, how yes, are you? I was just, hey, man, I'm doing great. Love your show. Thank you. Um, I'm just curious, is, will Darkest Hour come back down to Riverdale, or is it is it gone off into someplace else? Is it gone? I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, man. I mean, we played it for four months. I mean. No, no kidding. Yeah, I've been out of town. For four I, months, brother? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you gonna tell me like station overseas or something? <laughs> All right. So Neil, you want to see Darkest Hour? Are you with me on wanting to see this new movie about Intebi? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was, of course, uh, I was alive then and and know know the whole story. Yeah. yeah I I, I can't I'm, wait. I'm a retired military, so I'm. Oh, uh, you're in, then, aren't you? You're like me. You're in. Twelve strong. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah. Twelve strong. Oh, Have you seen it yet? Strong, so good. Uh, no, I've not seen. I was just looking through, see what was in town, and uh, and noticed that was something I need to go see. Yeah, go to go see Twelve Strong because that's a great movie. So good, it's really really yeah. good. All right, man, yeah, I'm we appreciate. Old, I'm an old I'm an old Vietnam guy, so I like all that stuff. All right, right. well you you're gonna love those movies we just named to you. Thanks yeah. so much for calling. Go go to the website, brother, and sign up for the email newsletter. Yeah, then you'll know. You know, the email newsletter comes out each week. It'll tell you what we're playing and tell you the movies that are coming up. Riverdale10.com. Yeah. Just sign up for the email newsletter. Uh, or go to the website, Riverdale10.com, and click Coming Soon, and you'll see some of the classic movies that we're playing this year, stuff we got coming up, you know, things you'd be interested in. I've just got to tell you, I can't wait for that Intebi movie. You know, I, you know this, Zach, and you know this, too, as well, Matt. I, I see lo- those are small movies, okay? They're not thinking they're going to get a huge audience. They did just want to make their money back, make a little profit. Guess who else is in this movie? And uh, And she's in... Uh, she's in Hostels too, Rosamund Pike. Okay, this is going to be a good nice. year. Going to be a good year for her. Yeah, on the big screen, because she's a good actress. She was great in Hostels. I mean, she is really good in Hostels. But I'm warning you, Zach. You, know, you haven't seen this movie. Yet. It's it is gritty and it is grim. I'm ready for it. Yeah, well, you better be ready for it. it, it make it's grim in parts. Well, let me tell you some stuff that's coming up. Okay. All right. I'm so ready. Oh, by the way, congratulations, Diane. Where she's from? Uh, Conway. From Conway. Won the tickets to go to uh, Cersei. Congratulations to her. CerseiCinema.com. Come see us. Come see us. So if you go to Riverdale10.com and you click Coming Soon, you can see all the cool classics and cult favorites we've got playing yep. this year. Now, Tuesday night, we've got The Sound of Music. It's playing on two screens. 
The one Dave of, Ellswick Classic. One of the greatest opening shots in filmdom. 7 o'clock and 7.15. Go to Riverdale10.com. Click Coming Soon. Sound of Music is Tuesday night. Uh, the Tuesday following that, Tuesday, February the 20th, Point Break from 1991. Wow. Other films coming up this year, The Boondock Saints. Dude, I will come see that. I love that movie. That's the, a great film. The Room, which the film this year, The Disaster Artist, was based on the making of The Room. <laughs> a Clockwork Orange. That's one of mine. That's a good one. Bob Lambeer. Pulp Fiction. Gone with the Wind. Let me just tell you what. We're already filling up the second theater for that. Gone with the Wind? Yes. Oh, no, it's on the fourth screen, brother. Is it on the fourth screen? Yeah, you better have him get you some tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't hurry up, you're going to miss Gone Wind. All right. April the 10th, 7 o'clock, Riverdale10.com. Gone with the Wind tickets on sale. Also coming up, Big Lebowski, Blazing Saddles, Fight Club, The Godfather Part 2. There you go. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. That's starting to sell pretty good now. Jurassic Park. Ooh. The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Kill Bill Volume 1. Forrest Gump. Yeah, that's one of ours. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. There you go. The Exorcist. That's one of ours. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's a good one. The Maltese Falcon. Never have shown. I've not shown that ever on the big screen. Oh, it's I so will good. sit and watch. I love the movie. So good. Sydney Green, Peter Laurie, and all the rest of them. Get ready for that. That's that's Humphrey Bogart, folks. You can't go wrong that's with the Bogey. best. You cannot go wrong with Bogey. A Christmas Story. White Christmas. Yeah, you want to see it on the big screen. I know you do. And Die Hard. Riverdale10.com. That's our classic films and our cult classics for 2018 click coming soon to see them all they're all on tuesday nights they're all at seven o'clock good stuff man good stuff riverdale10.com you know what i think i'm going to show like a world war ii propaganda film next year really yeah maybe a sands of emo Jima or something like that with john wayne nice that'd be a good one to show with fighting cbs or something oh yeah you know, something like that i i think I, we need to do one of those that's when Hollywood didn't mind being patriotic. Well, any of those, man. I mean, any of those classics like that from World War II, those are great, man. Yeah. All I like this show. I'm, yeah. I have not done that before. And I think yeah, I'll, like the I'm, Big Red One and all those yeah, movies, man. Good movies. Oh, no great doubt movies. about that. Yeah. Jeff no Chandler doubt. and John Wayne and. All the other great actors. But even like made the Dirty Dozen. I mean, that was so good. I mean, you know. Lee Marvin. Yeah, man. <laughs> Those were awesome. Those were awesome movies. But I don't know. We've kind of had some stuff Of course, stuff I could like show Kelly's lady. Heroes, too. Well, what, what, <laughs> but you think about it, though. you got 12 Strong. you got Last Man Standing. Yep. You've got um, American Sniper. Those are good patriotic films, yep. too. And those You're are current right. releases. So, Well, you got 15, 17 to Paris yeah, right now. Yeah. I mean, American Sniper, I think, will go down you know, as one of those classic type films. I mean, you know, years from now, people will look back on that. That's a tremendous me, motion picture. Hand me that, the paper there for the, the Society page. I want to read an, a, li- yeah, yeah. a line. In, on 1517 to Paris? No, no, no. Oh. Yeah, yeah maybe it okay. was on 1517. No, it well, was about Only the Brave. Oh, okay. What about, oh, Only the Brave was, that was good. And yeah. and Karen Martin took a shot at uh, American Sniper. What? What's that? What? She uh, said, I missed this. So maybe there's 10% too much stuff in Only the Brave, all right? But Joseph Kaczynski isn't going for subtle. 
The filmmakers wanted an American sniper without the political divisiveness. What political divisiveness was in American Sniper, Karen? Well, well, that was based on the book that they wrote about his life. Yes. And basically it was just like the one guy's story. I, I don't. A movie that genuinely honors the virtue of the rough men. Now, the, of course, Only the Braves about the firefighters. Only the Braves, only the Braves is a good movie. I want to see yeah, that's it. a good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, here, it's, it's, on, a, it's on home video now. But it really the bothers me. Because they said that, that about, about American, American Sniper. Sniper. I don't really remember. I don't remember the divisiveness, except that was, he was killing the enemy. Well, no, it was mostly just about his specific life and what happened to him and then him going back and forth in and out of the war zone. Yeah. And then they got into the stuff which happened to him after the war zone. He was trying to help the dude with the PTSD. and That's the guy that killed him. Yeah, but 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 that was based on the book that he that he wrote, or I guess, or maybe his his wife was involved in writing yes, the book. His okay. wife was involved. But I don't. Um, I, just, I thought it was just the I guy's remember, life story. I don't, I don't remember I don't, all of this divisiveness. I don't remember it being. She says, "What do you do? You remember thing political in that, Zach? I don't. It was just like an individual story of yeah. the stuff he had lived through, mm-hmm. and I guess a lot of it. I guess since he had he had passed or he was killed by that guy, the, yep. the crazy guy." I guess it was mostly told through the eyes of his wife. Maybe okay. she had a ghostwriter. I can't really remember the story behind the book, but yeah. I don't remember. I don't really. It seemed to me like it was just a soldier story. I about, just thought, you know, it's a, it just kind of was a throwaway line in the review of Only the uh, Brave. And I thought, okay. why would you even say that? What, that what? Sniper was political? Yeah. You know, Clint Eastwood directed Sniper. Yeah. And it, yeah, I, mean, I, I, the only I bad, don't know. You know, it's, the it's, only bad part in that whole movie in Sniper, it, in Sniper, was yeah. when they they wouldn't let them use the live baby, and they used that fake baby in it, and it looked so fake. Uh, that was the only bad part. Uh, about it. Yeah. All right, real you talking quick, about you talking about that making of the film? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Real quickly, Riverdale ten, Fifty Shades Free, fifteen seventeen to Paris, Peter Rabbit, Three Billboards, The Post, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, I Tanya, Hostels, The Greatest Showman, and Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. Go out, enjoy a movie this weekend. Go to one of Matt's theaters. They're, you're always well taken care of. We've got Fox News. Matt, thank you very thank much. Thank you. Interesting story. My thanks, by the way, first of all, to Matt for coming in. He's always makes himself available. It's a lot, uh, a lot of fun having him here. He doesn't like uh, he doesn't like Katy Perry. Sorry, doesn't like her. Didn't like Timberlake. Who else does he not like uh, that we've talked about? Uh, that's. That was the two big ones today. All right. Boy, he gave. Oh, Bon Jovi. Not a big Bon Jovi fan either. And <laughs> anyway, uh, get the story today. A Minnesota, a Minnesota school district has removed a couple of books uh, from their library and from their reading list. I want you to listen to this. They have removed To Kill a Mockingbird. And that is Understand, To Kill a Mockingbird is a Pulitzer Prize-winning piece of literature. And they've pulled it from the reading list, as well as Huckleberry Finn. Because it's got, the both, both the books have the N-word in it. Minnesota School District removed classic novels, To Kill a Mockingbird, and the adventures of Huckleberry Finn from its required reading list due to the novel's use of a racial 
Slur. Michael Carey, the Director of Curriculum and Instruction for Duluth School District, announced the two books were removed due to the N-word being used throughout both novels. Quote, we felt that we could still teach the same standards and expectations through other novels that didn't require students to feel humiliated or marginalized by the use of racial slurs. I'd like to hear what they're replacing them with. I like, I really would. I'd like to hear what they're replacing them with. The two books would be available in school libraries. If students were interested in reading them on their own, Gary said, if they're going to make somebody feel marginalized or feel bad or humiliated, why would you leave some, such a piece of, of literature in your library for God's sake? Um, uh, Stephen Witherspoon, the president of the NAACP's local chapter said he welcomed the decision. He called the novels hurtful that use hurtful language that has oppressed people for over 200 years. Dude. Now I got to stop right there because this really ticks me off. I'm sure this guy doesn't get out and go to every urban radio station in the area and say, why are you playing some of that rap crap with all the, the use of the N word in it and calling black women bitches and all the other things that they call them? Huh? You go after uh, Samuel Clemens book and you go after uh, Harper Lee's book. It's it unbelievable to me. This is, this is hypocrisy at its worst. Quote, it's wrong. There are a lot more authors out there with better literature. Oh, really? That won Pulitzer Prizes? That can do the same thing that does not degrade our people. I'm glad that they're making the decision, and it's long overdue, like 20 years overdue, he said. Let's move forward, work together, make school work for all our kids, not just some of them. They use... Do I have to, do I have to try to teach people? I bet you Witherspoon's never even read the book. What do you want to, what do you want to bet, Zach? You want to bet that he's never read the book? Bet he never read the book. I bet you he's never read the book. <laughs> but almost make, uh, be sure that he's never read the book. Harper Lee's Pulitzer Prize winning novel is listed at number 21 on the American Library Association's most, quote, banned or challenged books list in the last decade. The novel was published in 1960, followed the adventures of a girl and her brother and the racial inequality. Notice it didn't say that it's a, and the fun, uh, the fun uh, segregation of the South. It's the racial inequality that existed in their small Alabama town. That's pointed out time and time and time in the book. Last year, administrators at the Biloxi School District in Mississippi removed the books from the curriculum. The uh, Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, published in 1884 by Mark Twain, follows the adventures of a poor white boy and a slave. The novel also made the list of most frequently challenged books in 2015. 
Both novels use the N-word throughout. 1960 and 1800s. Hmm, seems to me people were using that word quite frequently in those times. I grew up uh, in the 60s. I remember hearing it often. Anyway, Carrie said the school administrators and teachers were working on introducing new books to the curriculum. Quote, the decision to protect the dignity of our students seemed like a reasonable and easy one to make that didn't require teacher input. Didn't require teacher input. But in terms of making sure that we select excellent novels that serve the same purpose that definitely needs teacher feedback and their help in making that decision. I wonder if they're going to read any books that mock Christianity. And that's no big deal because who cares, right? And if the Christians say they don't want it to happen, well, who cares about that either? You know, we're not interested in hearing it. I'm just, it's just ridiculous. Folks, you got, you need number one, need to grow tougher skin. Number two, you need to read the book like to kill a mockingbird and understand that, It was using the way things were at that time to point out the problems that were in, you know, there in our society at that time. The same thing with Huckleberry Finn. So uh, anyway, I mean, Huckleberry Finn is pretty doggone in parts of it. Uh, historical in nature, talking about moving up and down the Mississippi River on the paddle boats and all the rest, and the things that uh, you know, Puck Finn did, Tom Sawyer. I'm surprised. That, are they getting rid of Tom Sawyer too? I'm sure they will. Anyway, it, it, this is the stuff that it should really bother us. This is this is First Amendment stuff. This is these are things that. The books just shouldn't, these books should not be removed from the reading list. Should be, I'm sure Catcher in the Rye has been removed now from a lot of reading lists as well. Mississippi School District, they pulled to kill a mockingbird because, quote, it makes people feel uncomfortable. Well, guess what? Many, 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 many times a good piece of literature will make people feel uncomfortable. And makes them feel uncomfortable because typically directs uh, its salvos at things that are wrong in our culture. No, I don't know. It's that, that I just find that a sad story. I really do. That to me is a sad story. All right, going to take a break and then come back and do more uh, here for the next uh, fifteen minutes. Until uh, 4 o'clock when Tim Lim is going to stop by and visit with us. we got a lot of things to discuss with him. Because I'm going to tell you what, right now, there's a war going on in in the, the world of comics. And a lot of people are thinking, well, Dave, what's the big deal about that? That this war is going on, that they're, that they're, they're attacking conservatives. People who are uh, considered conservative though they're good artists and they're doing, uh, they're doing comics that are selling 80,000 comics, uh, 80,000 copies. 
like the Green Hornet, or not Green Hornet, probably Green Lantern, uh, that uh, because they're a, a conservative, because they stand for conservative uh, views, that they're being fired by DC and Marvel and others and being attacked by rabbit people on the left on Twitter, on the Twitter sphere, because I'm going to tell you what, it's on the Twitter sphere that this is the worst. It really is. I put out tweets and, uh, Elizabeth, uh, puts out tweets from my show and I don't read what anybody says because it just makes me mad. You know, they hide behind a pseudonym. They hide behind, uh, you know, not wanting anybody to know who they are because if people knew who they were, somebody would bust their face with some of the stuff that they say. I mean, they call some of these people Nazis constantly. And then when those people say something back and uh, people who are on the right get involved and uh, they, at that point, return the favor to the people on the left than the liberals that control the comic book industry and the movie industry for that matter uh, say, well, you can't, uh, you can't uh, make a living in this industry anymore. We're going to talk to Tim about that. It's an important topic. You know, I, I always quote Andrew Breitbart because Andrew uh, was a, a close acquaintance of mine and He used to say, and I heard him say it, it had, I had to have heard him say it a hundred times. If I heard him say it one time that, uh, culture is upstream from politics. And what that means is the things that you're seeing happening in the culture is changing the people's minds that are making the laws. And it's, it's happening all the time. Here's the, today is a perfect example of that talking about to kill a mockingbird and, um, you know, this whole thing about, uh, the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, I guess they would have an absolute cow if somebody wanted, uh, who was a Johnny Whitaker? I think it was, uh, that starred in, uh, the Tom Sawyer movie. I guess if you wanted to show that in a classroom in a, uh, in a, uh, a classroom in, in an American school, uh, You know, people would have a a heart attack about it because they don't want to deal with truth. That's the key. They don't want to deal with truth. So anyway, I I got a lot more to talk about this today. Really does bother me. Bothers me immensely. All right, it's Dave Ellswick's show. We've got about 13 minutes until four. Uh, We got more coming your way. Stick around. It's uh, Dave Ellswick's show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right, so we got seven minutes until uh, 4 o'clock. Don't forget Tim Lim coming up here at uh, 4 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show, who is an accomplished comic book artist and an audiologist uh, over at UALR. And by the way, his opinions, his and his alone, and not those of the school, just so we can get that clear right off the bat. Let me give you, I, I, just, I just jotted down some books real quickly off of this list uh, from the American... Uh, Library Association. These are books that schools have thrown out of the library or have been removed from classrooms because they were found to be, uh, to have something wrong with them. Let me just start off with the first one that I just shake my head at the grapes of wrath by John Steinbach, which deals with the dust bowl in Oklahoma and the people 
going to California, hopefully to find work and things of that nature. That has been uh, taken out of countless libraries and will not be able to be uh, taught in classrooms. William Golding, Lord of the Flies. 1984 by George Orwell. Of Mice and Men, another book by Steinbeck. Uh, Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Animal Farm by George Orwell. The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest by Ken Kinsey. And Call of the Wild, Call of the Wild by Jack London. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at all of these books that we're talking about. High School, Grapes of Wrath. High School, Lord of the Rings. High School, 1984. These are books that I read in high school. Of Mice and Men, Junior High. Catch-22, High School. Brave New World, High School. Animal Farm, I, High School. Sun Under Other, uh, Also Rises, did not read uh, that Hemingway book. I flew, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, read that in high school. Call of the wild, read that in junior high school. Out of those books that I just wrote, I read all of them, but one. And I can't for the life of me think, as I think back to those times, what was in those books that would have been so bad that uh, people wouldn't want them, want them to be taught. Now, Catcher in the Rye, I remember that being under attack, and we read it in my high school uh, in my senior lit class, and it was attacked because it had uh, profanity in it. You know, it had the word masturbation in it. And some uh, parents got upset about it. And see, what's interesting about this is that a lot of these books are, and when I start reading some of the reasons that they, how they've been attacked, it's one or two parents in a school district attacking the book. And it's like, uh, okay, you know, so one or two people get to decide what everybody doesn't read. I, I just, I just have problems with this, 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 this kind of censorship is not good for our nation especially when you're censoring books like 1984. I mean, 1984 is uh, the title of that book is raised constantly now uh, in our country with all of the uh, things that the government's doing to look into our lives and things. Uh, Brave New World, same thing. Animal Farm, for sure. You know, all animals are equal, except that some animals are more equal than others. That's where that comes from from that book, it's, I don't know about you, uh, but that, this, this, this worries me as I read all of these books that are under attack. And now, you know, up in Minnesota, Duluth, Minnesota, to kill a mockingbird, which is the number third most attacked book, uh, to be, you know, taken out of high school libraries. Um, has been stripped out of a school system and the adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Unbelievable. Really is unbelievable to me. All right, let's get to uh, Tim Lim. He's coming up after the news. Fox is next. 
uh, we ended the uh, day on the stock exchange up 330.44 points, an addition of 1.37%. So Dave Ellswick show, we got more. We got another couple hours to go here for you on a Friday. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. All right, Tim Lim will be here in a moment. He just texted me, said he's five minutes out. He's on his way over from uh, UALR. He's an audiologist over there. He is a doctor, uh, and he'll be with us in just a few moments. But we're we're going to talk today uh, with him about what's going on in uh, places of the media where if you are a conservative, uh, you're losing your job. They're taking away your livelihood from you. And I want to talk to him about that. Now, with that said, let me be sure you understand that if you work for a company and they decide that you don't meet what they consider the criteria for working with them that uh, they have every right in the world to uh, fire you. I'm not arguing that, but I think you need to know what's happening so you can tell those companies that you don't like what they're doing. I think that's, that's really important, but I won't say who I got to call from, who I talked to because they kind of asked me not to because they're a little bit afraid of uh, the climate right now. And let me just say that one of the problems when you get a climate like if you hold certain political re- uh, beliefs or you hold certain religious beliefs or, uh, you know, this or that, and you can lose your job over it, then younger people who may be thinking about entering into the business uh, that you're in may take a long, hard look at it. And even though it really is the thing that they love to do and they would love to do it, they don't want to take the chance that somewhere down the line, they're going to, they're going to lose their gig because they just don't meet the thought police uh, at um, the, um, these companies. So keep in mind, as I uh, keep reminding you, that Andrew Breitbart was, you know, he, he could see the future when he said culture is upstream from politics. Really important. That's a, that's such an important statement that you, that you come to grips with and understand. Because what they're doing 
uh, in movies and in books and in comic books and uh, TV has a huge impact on America. Now, Tim, grab your headphones there. Pull that microphone up to you. Tim Lim is here uh, and joined us. And thanks for joining us on, on short notice. I, I knew I was going to get into this uh, this topic. I don't know if you heard me talking about uh, the schools and some of the books they've gotten rid of. Oh, yeah. Um, I heard that on the way in. The Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. Huckleberry Finn, Grapes of Wrath, Lord of the Flies, 1984. I mean, I'm I'm reading this list and I'm saying, you know, including Huckleberry Finn and Kill a Mockingbird, I read every one of those books in high school. Yeah, and the funny thing about it is that um, for people who have not read those books, and I'm guessing that most of your listeners probably have, um, they, they in a way, they promote kind of the, um, the diversity and anti-racist agenda that uh, we like. I mean, I think everyone could agree that probably one of the defining characteristics of the adventures of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn while, was while they were period pieces – the children in there got along with uh, they were friends they were friends exactly slave and free man exactly and so some of these people i i don't honestly understand what their end goal is i think they're offended by the language used yeah uh, but that's certainly appropriate for the time uh, at the time that they were written and for the agenda or the um the worldview of say mark twain that was completely normal uh and so i don't understand really where the the problem is i mean that's the only thing i can think of is they just have a problem with the language yeah i i hope i didn't i didn't confuse people when i said you know the adventures of uh tom sawyer and huckleberry finn by samuel clemens because <laughs> that's mark twain all right that samuel clemens was his name and just bottom line but yeah i i just i find it sad i really do i just find it sad yeah it is and um a lot of it really boils down to a culture of the continuously aggrieved and offensed. Uh, one of the examples that I bring up, and I think it's it's rather shocking to a lot of people, is um, most people know what Song of the South is, for oh, example. Yeah. Um, but not a lot of people have seen it. And for a lot of us who were younger or who grew up... I own a copy. Yeah, I, I do too. From and it's Japan. A, it's a bootleg copy, yes. yes. And I, I had not seen it in years. And so when I finally was able to watch a copy of it, I thought, uh, the message of the movie is not exactly what people say it is. No. Uh, most people say, well, it's about slavery. No, it's during Reconstruction. It's actually mm-hmm. a post-Civil War movie. And the theme of the movie is actually about kind of um, even though you have two worlds, you have the world of kind of the, the, the rich uh, Caucasian aristocrats versus uh, more agricultural um, black landowners. It was the idea that the children got along and that in Uncle Remus, they, they found a common ground in storytelling uh, and that he provided a rich cultural background uh, that Song of the South takes place in. Are there parts of it that might be seen as defensive? I, I you know, maybe yes, uh, with scenes like the Tar Baby. But the overall, F, the overall message of the movie is one of inclusivity, and it's one of understanding given the uh, the climate at the time, uh, at the end of Reconstruction. So it's it's a very good movie. In fact, I even told someone I said I'm not being facetious when I say this or hyperbolic, but I would actually let, list it as probably one of my top favorite um, Disney movies, easily in the top five. Well, here's the bottom line. It won the Oscar for best song. Right. Zippity Doodah was, right. <laughs> a, was a, an Oscar winning song. Yeah. I, this is the key that I, you've hit on something to me. And it is that some people can read a book and they don't get the inner parts of what the book is trying to say. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't understand what the author is trying to communicate to them. Right. And I mean, or a, the, the director or whatever. Yeah. And I think as as people mature, obviously, as children, we don't like exposing kids to to foul language and things like that. That's understandable. But part of maturity is understanding the proper context and the place and time in which those are used. And as, that some people use those words. And some people use those words, and it was part of the normal vernacular at the time. So mm-hmm. at, at the time, contextually, uh, words that were used were not considered offensive, uh, and we can only see them as offensive in today's light. So you only have a few options. You either get rid of the book, you publish it untouched for the public to decide on their own, or you retroactively edit it so that it it fits the way that you consider language to be um, appropriate. And uh, I would uh, I would argue that that latter form of censorship is probably not the way that you want to go, and neither is just removing it completely. Um, that's almost, that's very Marxist in its, in its employ and its tactic. Yeah, let me just read some other books uh, that have been taken out of libraries in the high, in the high school level. There's 1984 by Orwell. Of Mice and Men by Steinbach. Catch-22, Joseph Heller. And now the the next three that I'm going to read just blow my mind, to be honest with you. Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Animal Farm by George Orwell. And Call of the Wild by Jack London. For the life of me, I can't think of anything in Jack London's book. That's about that's about uh, the early years of our country. Yeah, and uh, I can't even think of anything in there that would be outright dangerous or controversial. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of is um, a lot of those early books, they do promote, I guess, a, a very traditional sense of masculinity, the idea of um, people taking on an untamed wilderness um, that tends to be kind of the, the essence Maybe of Maybe it's because like he kills that. animals. It could be, yeah. I mean, same thing with Grapes of Wrath. I mean, I'm trying to think through it. I had to read that book twice, once in high school and once again in college. And I'm trying to think to myself, and other than, than the plight of people who were living through a very bad time. During I the mean, Dust Bowl. During the Dust Bowl, I can't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that is outright egregious in any of it. No, I, I'm just, I was stunned by it. I, I, some of these books that are... Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. And I know I can understand why some parents might get upset that you, you know, if you drop people into an untamed area, that they will start uh, devising uh, a government kind of of their own. Yeah. Survival and, of the fittest. Yeah. That's yeah. basically what happened here. And we've seen it play out time and time again in real, real life situations. Yeah, and the one that really gets me is before I came in, it was this morning, a friend of mine sent me, uh, I don't think it's banned, but people have been calling for the removal of Fahrenheit 451. Oh, and, that doesn't surprise me, well, and, and, and that's ironic. all about it. Yeah, it's all about censorship, Yeah, and I, I, I'm wondering if these people are tone deaf or if they have any type of introspection at all that what they're doing is, isn't isn't that exactly what the book is warning about. You're, you're literally doing what uh, it is foreshadowing. And guess what? Your television today can really watch you just like it did in in, in Fahrenheit. That's you know, right. I mean, it, it's it's it, it worries me. I, I I got here. I've got going with two that we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve books, and I I had to read eleven of them in high school. Mm-hmm. One of them 
uh, Call of the Wild I read in junior high. Yeah, and, you know, and our uh, my my alma mater across the street, Catholic High, we had to read all of those books with the exception of Call of the Wild, uh, and so it it it, for, it really provided a bedrock and a nice foundation of understanding literature at various times in history and looking at the context of what was the key message, why were those chosen as being select reads that every person before a certain age or at least into early adulthood should know about. Um, obviously, there's messages in there that are important, whether you agree with them or not. Is that not the foundation of good intellectual inquiry and analysis, is being able to read those and uh, regardless of your taste in them, you're able to anal- analyze them and criticize them. Mm-hmm. I mean, two off the top of my head that honestly, I mean, I know they're classics. I'm glad I read them, but I, I don't particularly like. One of them is, um, oh, what was it called? Catcher in the Rye. Oh, yeah. Uh, I talked about that. We had to read that when I was in high school. Right. And I mean, for the life of me, I've read it through twice and I've read the analysis of it. Uh, it's food for thought. It's not exactly my favorite Piece of literature you know the word there? that was in that book when I was in school that everybody took exception to masturbation. <laughs> that, that was the word. Well, we I remember that we were excited to read it because of the connections it had to conspiracy theories and yeah. um, like Lee Harvey Oswald and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. The idea that it's some sort of secret code for um, for Manchurian candidates. Uh, but for the life of me, I still I can't really analyze the. Uh, the book or give it its credit, but I'm, I'm glad I read it because I can at least talk to people about it and say I did. The other one was On the Beach, which was oh, about— great book. Yeah, about, a, obviously, a nuclear apocalypse and kind of the tragedies that— Dying in Australia. Dying in Australia <laughs> and then having the nuclear sub not being able to rescue you in time and yeah. things like that. It was a great movie. It was a great movie that mm-hmm. had Gregory Peck in it. Yeah. It was it really, really well done. I'll never forget the very last— shot it seems to me in that movie was the bottle mm-hmm. rolling against the receiver of the phone right wasn't that wasn't that what it was mm-hmm. or was it was it or was it hitting against the window seal i i forget but everybody's dead mm-hmm. you know and that's the point i right. mean that was the whole point of during the time that everybody was worried that we were going to annihilate ourselves and there's still people who feel that way uh bottom line is that uh it it tapped into those thoughts. Right. And we made had, for some great discussion in classroom. It did. And we had to read it back to back with Alas Babylon, which has the same plot, the same theme, except it's more optimistic because at the end most everyone lives mm-hmm. and it's the idea that you can overcome it. Whereas on the beach is obviously a little bit more dystopic in terms of its overall message. Yeah. It was it was I remember it, was, it seems to me it won the Academy Award for Best Movie when it came out. I'll look that up. We'll be back. Tim Lim is with me. It's always a pleasure to have him in the, uh, the 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 studio with me. Let me just remind you that he does work over at UALR. His opinions are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect that of the opinions of the university. Quick break. We're back. Uh, I want to talk to uh, Tim about uh, some things that are bothering me of, that are going on in the uh, comic industry now. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. As everybody knows, I have Matt Smith on today. He comes on each Friday for the most part uh, for a first 90 minutes, and we talk movies. I heard something today that I did not know. We're showing Gone with the Wind in April, and I knew that we had sold out the big theater and that they had moved into another theater. Uh, We're working on the fourth theater now, seating-wise, he said. We're uh, almost got four theaters sold out. So if you're wanting to see that movie, 
my suggestion, you go to uh, Riverdale10.com and get your tickets. Buy them. You can buy them online. Uh, the, the, as far as uh, Sound of Music, we're into our second theater now. You need to buy your tickets for the second theater. Uh, showtime would be about 720. We start at seven, around 7 o'clock in the big theater. The only thing that you will miss is me. All right, I I I show up in the the big theater, the uh, the number one theater, and then I play uh, uh, trivia with everybody and give away a couple of of uh, you know prizes or whatever. So you'll miss that, but you will not miss the movie. There's enough theaters at Riverdale that if we needed to overflow, I mean, it's a wonderful life. Two years ago, eight theaters we filled up for that movie. It was incredible. All right, with that said, Tim Lemon is my guest. Uh, I've got him for at least an hour. I might impose upon him to be with us longer if necessary, but uh, l- let's talk about something. I had talked with you. This is a couple of months ago. Uh, you've got your, your book out. Mm-hmm. All right. It is done very well. Okay. Uh, you were hoping that you and maybe Mitch Breitweiser and, and some other people could go to CPAC and carry on some kind of a, um, a learning panel, uh, for the people there about how to handle culture here in the, in our country. Right. And it's not happening. It, apparently it's not. I mean, and I had a very good conversation with your contact who yeah. you gave me and, uh, he, he kind of broke it down in terms of what we need to do. And it, what it really boils down to is, will you get sponsorship? Uh, can you actually w- ask one of the major people who are helping to spearhead CPAC every year, can you get one of them to reach out to you and get you there? And uh, frankly, I was looking through kind of the list and I just thought, these are people who frankly, I don't think that, I don't know if they'd be interested, but we haven't heard from them. <laughs> and right. so as a result of that, I, this is one of those things that's going to take a much larger game plan. But it was interesting because um, I was talking to that gentleman whose name I can't mention David. because Dude, because it's, we say David. Well, yeah, sure. We were talking okay. to, to David, uh, the person whose book cover I'm doing. Oh, uh, another in, person. Another okay. person. So I guess we'll call him uh, Derek. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Yes. And one thing that he and I talked about over the phone was um, because he's a huge comic book fan. And one thing he said is, well, I'm glad that you're trying to fight for pop culture because that's one place that we're seeding ground. A lot of times conservatives and libertarians, when they're fed up with something, they vote with their wallet. They simply mm-hmm. just don't go. They don't go to the movies. They don't buy the book. But the problem with that is that you still leave that territory um, conquered. It's a conquered territory that the enemy It's like holds. a game of risk. It's like a game of risk, exactly. You getting off the playing field doesn't make you the winner. It simply seeds that ground to someone else. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I am going to talk to him about in the future, because he's asked me for, for other projects I'd be interested in, and I said that on your talk show, I think you need to talk a little bit more about the cultural aspects, because I said you've like admitted we do here exactly, <laughs> and I said that you obviously have a lot, a huge follower, uh, uh, a huge listenership that is um, obviously on podcasts, on iTunes, and I said you have a, a big ground and a big microphone that a lot of comics people do not, mm-hmm. and that's why I think a lot, uh, most of them are too scared to talk about it. Frankly, well, they're afraid to lose their livelihood. Exactly, and several have right. And so uh, that's something that we're hoping to do. And so I know that between Brett and I, uh, CPAC doesn't look like it's likely this year. Unless someone is listening and they want to sponsor us, then they can we can make it happen. But 
what we need to do is we're definitely going to start hitting up those sponsors one at a time, the ones who look like they could potentially want us out there so that we can talk. And we're not even asking for money. We just say we just want to go out there and have a panel or a workshop to talk for an hour and a half, share our story. There's a lot of young people who want to hear us, and I get it all the time. I get messages from people who say, oh, I'm so glad that um, I found I found out about you because I'm at an art college right now, and it's insane what people talk about, and I feel like I can't even state my opinion. And it's not that I'm an outspoken person, but people ask me for, for my opinion, and it's almost like the Gestapo. Uh, it's, an, it's a form of inquisition that I cannot reply to because it outs me. All right. We're going to come back talk more about this. Because you're telling young people maybe they don't even want to go into a field. We'll be back after Fox. All right, Tim Lim is our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Remember, he uh, works over at UALR. But his opinions are his opinions. They're not that of the uh, university. Maybe they are. They just don't say it, but I don't think so. Uh, But anyway, just like uh, Robert Steinbach, who shows up here each Monday at 5 o'clock, uh, Tim comes on and, and when I need to talk about, uh, you know, what's going on in the world of, uh, culture, he's really good at bringing stories cause he's broke some stories here just recently. Uh, let's start off, uh, with one people may not have even heard about. And that is about Kevin Sorbo, the guy who played Hercules on, on television, who has been in some faith-based mu- movies like God's not dead and things of that nature. Uh, he's been under uh, attack at some of the comic cons. That's right. So for your, the listeners out there who are not familiar with the story, this happened about two or three weeks ago, and it was East Coast Comic Con, which is ran out of New Jersey. And the owner, uh, whose name is Cliff, he publicly posted on Facebook that he had to turn Kevin Sorbo down simply because he was friends with Sean Hannity. And this was not a very subtle thing. It was fairly out in the open where he said, the reason I turned him down was because he's friends with Sean Hannity. Well, a lot of us saw that because um, it's kind of funny because a lot of these people, they just assume that everyone in their inner circle thinks like them. He does, they don't realize how many of us don't share his politics. Echo chamber. The echo chamber, exactly. And so I don't know if he was shocked or not that a lot of us, uh, you know, word spreads pretty quickly. And I took it and I posted about it on Twitter uh, and I, I tagged Kevin Sorbo. I tagged Sean Hannity and uh, some of our news sites that I know are more friendly towards us, Pajama Media being one, Bounding Cool being another. So that spread pretty quickly. Uh, Sean Hanty and Kevin Sorbo found out about it. By the, by next Monday, uh, Kevin Sorbo was already making appearances on One America News Network to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Hannity mentioned it briefly on his show. He just said, well, these are a bunch of losers and I don't care. Uh, they can sick Batman on me if they want. He's a fictional character. Uh, and that leads us, I guess, into the next thing that happened two days ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the folks who are uh, Batman, doing the Batman comics, have made Sean Hannity one of the main villains. Yeah. So what happens is in the recent issue of Justice League, there is a passing comment in which uh, they're talking about a villain who uh, is trying to be a hero. But the problem with him is he he can't discriminate who the real villains are of the Justice League. And Batman, out of character, says, yeah, he can't differentiate between a cosmic villain versus Sean Hannity. And then um, the Green Lantern, who's a, who's a female, uh, Jessica Cruz, she says, yeah, but who really can and so you're getting a double whammy in there. And I, I told people, I said, the problem with this is I think if Green Arrow made that joke, it would be in line with his character. He's been classically liberal in the comics. But, mm-hmm. but Batman is a fairly stoic character. Uh, and so that one phrase was very out of line. It didn't even make any sense in the context of the book. They were just trying to, I guess, get a jab in 
at Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity perhaps referencing what happened a few weeks ago. Well, you know, interesting uh, that the comic uh, has Batman now being fairly progressive, where the movies that were made with uh, Christian Bale had uh, Batman being pretty daggone conservative. Yeah, and it's it's funny because in the history of Batman, he tends to be a pretty practical character, very yeah. pragmatic. And the argument could be made that while he may not be uh, a Republican or an ideological conservative, his practicality uh, kind of lends itself to a lot of what people would call uh, right-leaning politics. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have any problem killing a villain. No, sometimes <laughs> not, depending on, on the time and the place and the movie that he's in. Uh, he tends to take the law into his own hands. And, I mean, I, I know that... Uh, Richard C. Richard C. Meyer, who's a YouTuber who goes by the name of Diversity in Comics, he laid it out best. Characters like Batman and Punisher, they they might not, it might be subconscious, but it's the idea that they are products of a failed system. It's mm-hmm. the idea that the justice system and bureaucracies have failed the people. And so it's almost like a power fantasy where these heroes have to take justice into their own hands, and they do it. They do it with 100% accuracy. That tends to be a very conservative point of view. That's a death wish. Exactly. That's a death wish. I can't wait to see the new death wish that's coming out with uh, Bruce Willis Bruce Willis playing uh, the Bronson part. I just saw the uh, the um, trailer for it a couple of days ago on television. Yeah, and people are upset about it. <laughs> what, 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 oh, is the people already They're doing already upset the same about about thing it. about the 70s? Mm-hmm. I mean, in the 70s, they got upset about it. Right. You know, uh, vigilantism, it's always wrong. Maybe not, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not that maybe it's, there comes a time and maybe the law isn't doing, it. I mean, I got one of the major vigilantes of all time who wore a badge, dirty, Harry, yeah, dirty, Harry here in my, uh, my studio. And the reason I do is because in the time that dirty, Harry became popular is when the court system was falling on the side of the criminal all the time. And the same thing is happening again. We moved away from it. Now we're moving back to it again. Right. And uh, that's a problem that's happening right now in a lot of comics, too. I mean, the recent run of The Punisher, it, it failed miserably, despite the fact that it had an arguably decent writer who was fairly well known. But the problem with it is she was very ill-suited and didn't know exactly what makes The Punisher such a good character. Mm-hmm. And it's that you have this this event that takes place, something that propels the Punisher to take action. And a lot of times it's because a criminal has gotten away. And as a result, you have basically the Punisher who's essentially a modern-day boogeyman Mm -hmm. except for the criminal element, and he goes after them. And I think a lot of modern writers, especially because, and we've talked about this before, the House of Ideas, Marvel Comics. I mean, John De La Rose wrote the expose. He went through artist and writer, every single one on Marvel's website, and he looked at all their politics. There is not a single conservative on there. So they have an echo chamber, and it's an ideological echo chamber. Now, I think that you can be a, a, a liberal but still write a good character. We've, we've seen it happen time and time again because they're able to divorce themselves from the fiction. But when you have a problem where your comic sales are down 10% year after year, you start asking yourself why, and you start looking at commonalities. And that was the commonality that he found when he wrote his article um, last year looking at this. Nice. It's really interesting that, and and I go back to the things that Breitbart always said, culture flows upstream from politics. Whatever is going on in the culture of your country will affect the people who are making the laws. They will, you know, as the old saying goes, if you may not want to get involved in politics, but politics are going to get involved with you. 
Mm-hmm. That always happens. The same thing with culture. You may not have anything to do with some aspects of culture, but it will affect you sooner or later. Right. That's you absolutely know, that's, true. It's that's, that's going to happen. It is going to happen. That's why, you know, I argue with, uh, you know, preachers and others. I mean, I went to seminary. I argued with professors because they, they divorced themselves from movies. They divorced themselves from music and said, it's been taken over by the, by the culture. And I said, but you can't give up. And that's why Francis Schaeffer is so, so important to me because he saw the exact same thing. You got to fight back. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And that's actually a point of contention amongst a lot of artists and writers who are either conservative or libertarian. A lot of them tell me, well, what we want to do is we just want to put out good comics. And that's the that's the end goal. We don't want politics in them. And I agree with that. I think that that's where comics should be. They should be uh, fairly neutral and they should be entertaining first and foremost. But let, me, let me stop because I think they, they make they make a mistake. OK, yes. Politics is always been part of going it. to be part of it. Correct. It you know it doesn't mean that you have to point out at a particular president or a political party or whatever, but you're dealing with culture, and if you're dealing with culture, you're dealing with politics, right? And not just that, but my point of view is I I said if they're going to hit back with nothing but pure politics, then you're not going to gain any ground unless you hit back just as hard with your own, and so. I tend to be a little bit more aggressive than a lot of my uh, compatriots and acquaintances. They tend to uh, they tend to think that if they just wait long enough, it'll breeze over and they can just make a good book and uh, slam bang, it's done, and you know they can be a number one hit again. And I said these people will not cede territory to you. No, they're not ceding territory because what they're doing is even though you're producing for them, they'll still fire you. They'll right. get rid of you, and that's the serious problem. That means at that point. The people who are on the other part of the political spectrum, you got to put up the money as well and start your own publishing to make it come back yet. Right. And, and we've been seeing that with Thump. Uh, so for the listeners who, who don't know, um, I created the character of Thump, which is a humorous book intended for adults, but it's it's designed to look like a kid's book and it's safe for children. If you give it to your, your child, uh, they can read it and there's nothing in it that's that's overtly um, problematic. But, right. And people thought we were crazy because it was like, well, why are you doing this? It's a waste of time. And I said, there is, there's half the country, arguably, who voted for this man. And they all have wallets and they all have money and they want something. They're dying for something that is entertaining to them. Why not cater to that? Uh, is that not the essence of not only a good market, but capitalism? And uh, as of today, we have no competition. And we it's because that was ground that was fertile we took advantage of it, and I'm trying to tell some other people, you know, you're putting your neck out there, but you'd be surprised when you put your neck out there. People come out and they support you. They support you because someone has to has to do it. Okay, let me give you another example of this because I know Tim wants one of these as well. Josh, who is on our Geek Squad, uh, sent me a picture. They've gotten, you know, the big trolls that in the 60s and 70s that you and I used to get. Uh, they've done one for the president and it, it's hilarious. I want one. I'm going to put it in here in the studio. So when we get the cameras working again, you know, it'd be one of those visual things people pick up as they're watching the show. And I've heard 
from Josh that you want one too. Yeah, and he know, he told me where to get it. Apparently, so if yeah. you have listeners in Conway, you can get Books it over a million. there. Books a million. Mm-hmm. I have to. I need now. I didn't find out. Evidently, it's one of the big ones, though. Oh right? really? No, I think it's a small one. Oh, is it just a little one? Well, I think it's tiny. Yeah. Man, we need one of the big ones. You know, they got the big ones that, I guess, what, about eight inches tall? Right. Uh, that's what I want. I want something that's big, so I sit right here on my uh, desk here yeah. where I do the show. Everybody can see it. And we have a pre-order for you for the Thump plushie because it actually has the troll hair. Oh, so okay. you can, you well, can comb we see, it. we got to get that got to get that on here as well. I got the copy of the book. I need to put them up along the window seal so people can see the book sure. uh, over there too because i got that i've got the one that they did about uh the the money laundering by the clintons and all of that i mean there's a lot of things that are going on but unless i do something or you do something about it people never hear about it right exactly and i think that's what they need to do there's a lot of uh rate, conservative talk radio is very popular i mean it's arguably more popular than say your liberal talk show host or and, and or NPR. <laughs> that's an understatement, man. <laughs> exactly, and I think part of the reason why is because um, there's there's a brutal honesty to conservative talk radio. A lot of times, our opinions are not considered popular by mainstream media, but it gives you food for thought because uh, it's intellectually lazy to just be spoon fed your information. You have to think about things at times. But the problem with it is that a lot of these radio and TV personalities they just don't talk about it. It flies under the radar. So we're trying, hopefully, to get a bigger platform. So that people are aware of it. That's the only way we're going to be able to correct course. Now, and people wonder, well, Dave, on Fridays, why do you bring the geeks by? You're hearing why now. I mean, exactly. you're hearing why now. I refuse to cede ground yeah. on this kind of stuff. I really do. You know, for the most part, if you watch horror movies, they are decidedly more conservative than they are liberal. Right. It's very interesting to watch it play out in front of but the thing is, a lot of people, when they watch the movies, they don't get the underlying themes that are being played out right in front of them. Yeah. Perfect example is The Hills Have Eyes. In both the remake and the original, the, yeah. the basic premise is that you have a, a liberal who is averse to guns, does not like violence. But when you're confronted with mutated hillbillies in the wilderness— And they're trying to eat you. And they're trying to eat you. Uh, it You have to take up the most extreme measure to do so. And so it's a very interesting kind of subtle— thought experiment beyond the the superficial horror that exists throughout the movie all right we'll be back in a moment take a break uh, tim lim is our guest can they still get uh, your book yeah it's still available on amazon okay go to amazon.com and ask for thump the first bundred days the first bundred yeah you'll get it go look at it you'll love to have it if you get somebody's got a birthday coming up or something get a copy for them especially if they're a Trump supporter. So Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right, so uh, I told you I was trying to get Ben Shapiro at uh, CPAC, and uh, Ben's become big enough now that he doesn't answer me. His assistant answers me. Oh, my goodness. All right, so uh, thanks so much for reaching out. We're still laying in the specifics of Ben's schedule I can't give you any availables just yet. As things start to fill in, I'll definitely circle back with an update and a place for him to come on with you. So anyway, Ben Shapiro will be part of the Dave Ellswick show from CPAC. That's wonderful. It's that's funny because that's a, I'm the first radio show that ever had him on once he started writing for, uh, I forget who, what magazine wrote for first as a conservative columnist at 16. Wow. Uh, he's just, I'm just telling you, if you never, if you ever get a chance to meet him, you'll be amazed at how really smart 
Ben Shapiro is. I'm sure you've watched the YouTube videos and stuff of him taking questions from the, the audience and just eviscerating people. Yeah, he's very quick-witted. And so what I read about was I'd always thought that he had done his research, that he is just very familiar with the typical talking points. And the big one uh, that really hit me was his um, his debate with the Young Turks. When yeah, was, oh, yeah. Yeah, and he, he even said, I think he was doing a, a post-debate interview with someone else, and one of the things he talked about, he said, no, I, I actually prepared, I watched a lot of uh, the way he debates, and I thought to myself, here's a list of questions he's going to ask, and I prepared for them. And I think on the Young Turk side, they didn't do any preparation at all because they thought, well, we're just going to eat this guy alive. Um, but he's a really smart guy. <laughs> you better believe he's a smart guy. Uh, you don't graduate high school at 14 and uh, you go to an Eastern Coast school and graduate from it early as well. You know, he's 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 the real deal. Mm-hmm, he I'll is. Tell you, he is. He's the real deal. So anyway, it sounds good. Looks looks like Ben Shapiro is in for us uh, here in two weeks. Uh we will be live at CPAC beginning a uh, a week from Thursday coming up. Uh, that's the first day. So a week from uh, my birthday, we'll be in, in D.C. broadcasting live from there and then again on Friday. And uh, I've reached out to a lot of people. I can't tell you who's going to be available, but if they're available, I'm sure that we can get a few minutes from them because I'll pre-record if I have to. One of the people is Vice President Pence, just so you know. Cause I know Mike, I, you know, I can call him Mike cause he's a friend. Uh, we work together in Indianapolis, so we know each other very well. I'm, he's going to be speaking at CPAC. I'm hoping I just asked for 10 minutes. That's all I asked for. That's asking for a lot when you're vice president of the United States, just so you know. So we're trying to get that taken care of. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk further with Tim. Uh, I've got some different, uh, uh, things that I want to touch base with him on. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see what our, where our discussion leads us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Just so you'll know, Tim comes in and he doesn't have a clue what I want to talk about. He knows generally where I'm going to be kind of camping out on and topics, but he doesn't know specifics that I want to talk about. Like when we come back, we're going to talk about the new Black Panther movie. I want to talk about all the people writing it up already as though it's the the first Marvel movie that's ever been made. Yeah, and I'll pull up some quotes because I have some on my phone. Oh, you got some, huh? I do. I All came right. prepared. We got to do that. And and we'll get Zach involved with our discussion uh, as well. Because, hey, look, Dave Ellswick, I'm I'm the white privilege guy, all right? And and here I got Tim Lim, who's an, who's Asian, and then I, I, I've got uh, Zach, who's uh, African-American, all right? So two minorities against a white privilege guy. Should be an easy takedown. Coming up next on the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens, and my law firm, the Juris Law Group, specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are 
married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year. And we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T, lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. All right, let's get into the last hour here at the Dave Ellswick Show, and Tim Lim is with us. He uh, is an audiologist. He's Dr. Lim to you, all right? Uh, he's, He's an audiologist over at UALR. His opinions are his and his alone and do not reflect that of uh, the university. So good to have him here. Always like having him come in. Of course, Zach is filling in for Russ right now. Russ had some surgery the other day. He'll be back hopefully on Monday, but that's up in the air a little bit at this time, but just so you know. But uh, he's preparing, as I am, uh, to leave here two weeks from Wednesday, or a week from Wednesday, not two weeks, a week from Wednesday, uh, to help uh, to head to uh, Washington D.C. and to be part of uh, CPAC, and uh, that's brought to you by Americans for Prosperity and Ed Monk uh, and the, uh, the the folks from uh, Last Resort Firearms Training, and we thank them for making it possible for us to go there and to to do uh, the broadcast. It is an expensive place to go to work. I mean, I to be honest, there'll be three of us because Elizabeth's coming in as well. And just for plane flights and for our rooms for three nights is $3,500. You heard me right. $3,500 for, uh, each of the rooms are 900 and something dollars for three nights. Holy cow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I'm going to talk. Well, it won't be Dave that I have to talk to. I'd have to talk to whoever's head of the conservative, uh, you know, American conservative union now, uh, about that. I think they should have it somewhere else. I mean, I love the Harbor. I, I love that place, but it is just freaking too expensive. <laughs> and that's with a break on the rooms. Uh, you pay two seventy five plus you gotta pay your taxes on it. And then for each room, there's an additional $166 in fees so that you can use the, uh, the gym and things of that nature, <laughs> dude, I'm going to be so busy. I don't have time to go to the gym. All right. Wow. I mean, just, just negate that on my card, right. my room. That's all you got to do. That's just expensive. And some, you know, people wonder why radio shows don't like do like we used to do and travel everywhere and do them live. This is the reason, mm-hmm. it, you know, to do this, I've got to have sponsors that want to do it. It's more expensive than Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot. Although I have to tell you next for next year, um, I am looking to go to, uh, San Diego. Although according to Josh, Washington state has the bigger one. Now, is that what you're hearing in, Up my, in Seattle? It just depends on, it depends on how you're judging it. Are you judging it based on floor space or on population density? I don't know how true that is. I mean, I've been to I've been to both, so I've been to Emerald City Comic Con, and it is very big. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't I don't believe it because uh, I've been to San Diego Comic Con too. In fact, I went on that same year, and that was massive. Just the foot traffic alone um, easily dwarfed 
ECCC. So uh, I don't know. Uh, he might he might be correct, but I know that San Diego is flooded. But here's the key: when when you say Comic Con, anybody who knows anything about about Comic Cons say San Diego. Exactly. That's the first thing off their lips. Right. San Diego. So you know my one of my goals next year is a couple other trips. Uh, for the radio show one, I want to go to the shot show again now to do that. And I'll let them know, cause I know they listen six hour who's over in Jacksonville. I'm going to talk to them about sponsoring the show show so we can go out to the shot show and then see if we can't broadcast from their booth there. And Billy, I'm not, I'm not forgotten about you, Billy, uh, uh, Pennington. I haven't forgot about him. Uh, he's the one who makes uh, a lot of the uh, shock, uh, devices that you use the taser devices. He makes the, the ones with the brass knuckle one and, and some other things that he does. And, uh, also a pepper spray that will, I'm just telling you, will knock you down. I had on, um, I think it was, uh, yesterday we had the gentleman on from American tiger firearms over Maumel. He's Billy friend. And, uh, he made a statement on that pepper spray. Zach, you remember it dies the the guy's face green. You remember that? No, you don't remember that. Okay. Anyway, he was talking about it. It dies their face green. Now, Billy's the only guy I know that is evil enough to do that. Sounds pretty amazing. And, and here's the kicker of it. If you go and put water on yourself to try to get it out of your eyes and stuff, it starts burning again. Wow. So I gotta get, I gotta get Billy on talk about it. I'll, I'll, I'll get a call. I'll get a call into him and, and get him back on. He's a great guy, great conservative. Uh, yeah. But anyway, SHOT Show is one. That will be in February. But the other being, we want to go and do the show from San Diego. Have you ever done it before? I have not. You have not. We'll I have help not. You. I mean, we've only done it here locally. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I'd like to go and do it at the big one. And then at that point, start reaching out and seeing if we can get some people to stop by the uh, to talk to us because the big names come to that one. Absolutely. Yeah. So it'll be fun. And, and to talk to us, you know, I'm more into movies and, and, and television and stuff. So it'd be fun for me to get, you know, the new, uh, the new writers and director of altered carbon. Right. To come on and talk about that show. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it yet on no, Netflix? I was going to ask you about it because I just saw it. It it's popped up. It's bizarre. Is it? I really read weird? the book and they've, they've grabbed the bizarreness really well. Now I'm going to work you know, let me just warn anybody who thinks about watching, do not have your kids around. It is not, absolutely is not a kid's show. <laughs> not a kid's show. It is a, it is an adult sci-fi show. It, you saw Westworld, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not a kid's show. Right. It is, it is an adult show. And, but it's great sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, yeah, I'm, just know there's nudity in it and things <laughs> of that nature. I mean, it, you got to understand the, the the basis of the show as far as they've digitalized your consciousness. You can take your consciousness and put it into another sleeve. A sleeve be another body. Okay. And so you can, whenever you're talking to somebody, mm-hmm. you don't know if the person you're talking to is the person that you're looking at or it's somebody else that is using the body that looks like that somebody. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, well, it's great sci-fi. I'm going to watch mean, it. Okay. Really good, really good sci-fi. Uh, it does look like that they use the um, 
the sets from um, Blade Runner, though. Okay. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. I think Blade Runner is so indelibly imprinted in our brains of mm-hmm. what the future is going, the dystopian vision of the future, that they use it in this series, too. Cool. Although, if you're a meth, and a meth is a person who's got a lot of money, can buy the best sleeves, and so they're they're called Methuselahs <laughs> or oh. meth yeah. for short. So it's a great show. It's 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 it gets you thinking. Is that you know people talk about you know yeah immortality? Yeah, you really you think you <laughs> want to be alive forever? Yeah, that's a good question. That's uh, that's something you better want to take into consideration. Saw something today. Did you see? on the science front today. Now they did. I always like when they say something like scientists, uh, create, um, human eggs. Okay. Sounding like they took dirt and they created life out of it. Right Mm -hmm. now, what they did is they took some form of stem cells or something and were able to manipulate them and make female uh, ovarian eggs out of them. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. Okay. So here's the question. When you get into that kind of stuff, does it have a soul? Yeah. It's the same thing with AI. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what Blade Runner was, was, uh, you know, wrestling with. Right. Is, is somebody that is not, is made by a machine mm-hmm. or are they really human? Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of tests and things that that look at things like that i think like the turing test for computers is supposed to be like a test of if an artificial intelligence can recognize itself ex machina ex machina yeah. oh my god what a great movie <laughs> i'm looking forward to annihilation because that's the same uh, guy who did ex machina okay and I'm, I'm you know and natalie portman's in it. i love natalie portman i think she's a great actress mm-hmm. and she's gotten better she hasn't gotten you know, worse or, or weaker. She's just getting stronger as she goes along. And I like that she's Jewish and she don't care if the other people don't like her. I like her for that too. Yeah. And I think she picks her roles a lot. Um, she picks her roles very carefully now. You see Jane got a gun? Not yet. No. Yeah. That's on Netflix. Watch it. Okay. And she's really good in that one too. All right. That's an excellent movie as well. All right, it's 17 after 5. I, I just talked about a whole lot of stuff that I didn't even mean to get into, but that's the way the Dave Hellswick Show works. Let's get a break in. We'll come back, and Tim Lim will continue to be with us. When we come back, I promise, we're going to talk about Black Panther. That's up next here on the Dave Hellswick Show. All right, 20, was it 22 after? Yeah, 22 after 5. This is the bad part about having glasses. I need glasses when I read small print. I don't need glasses when I'm just looking around and I can see the computer absolutely clearly unless I got my glasses on. <laughs> and then it's just a big old blurry bleh in front of me as far as that. All right. So coming out next week, in fact, it's a week. It's next Thursday. Next Thursday mm-hmm. is the 15th. So yep. it comes out that evening and uh, it breaks wide the next day, of course. And that's going to be Black Panther. It's going to be a a huge, 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 huge hit. It really is. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I know Matt Smith said today that he thought it would be the biggest opening ever in February, be bigger than Deadpool was. Uh, But he thought that it would beat um, 
Infinity Wars. It would not beat Avengers Infinity Wars. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that or not. How do you feel about that, Zach? Do if you, it's going to be Infinity do, Wars? Do you think, do you think it, can, it will beat Infinity Wars? Yeah, I don't know to tell you the truth. Um, that's what every character put together in their film. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, you know, this is going to be a major film, Black Panther, and um, it's because, it's, you know, it's a black character, you know. Well, you got a, a multitude of black characters yes. in this movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a The villain is a black character. Right. And um, But to tell you the truth, I don't, th- I don't know if it's going to be that. I don't think so. Because, you know, like I say, you've got so many characters, Thor, you know, Iron Man, Captain America. Let me just it ask just, something. You know, Black Lives Matter and all the rest of them, will this destroy their narrative of white privilege when you consider how many white people will go see a black superhero? I have no idea. I'm tur- I'm, I mean, this, <laughs> this is my way of turning their argument on themselves because they say, you know, we we don't like black people. We're all racist and all the rest of it. But I'm telling you what, white folks are going to turn out in droves to see black panther and i'm not saying that minorities are not going to turn out in droves as well i believe that will happen just like everybody turned out for the first the first uh uh iron man movie yeah okay because everybody knew it was really good and everybody went to see it and it was a it was really first time that comic books had been given their real due mm. so to speak and everybody went to see it uh didn't matter what color you were if you liked uh, comic books you went and saw it yeah so uh I think it kind of turns the narrative that they've been out propagating on its head some. What do you think about that, Tim? I don't know because, for example, I'm one of at least 200 people that I can think of who are not going to see it. And the reason why is because actually I think that on its face from people who I've talked to whose opinion I I tend to agree with, they say, no, the movie's solid. I wouldn't say it's the best movie that has been put out, but it's definitely unique. Mm -hmm. But the reason why we're not watching it is because the marketing was exactly the same as it was for the female Ghostbusters movie. The marketing for it was, hey, if you don't watch this movie, you're a racist. And yet there were other people who were saying, hey, you need to watch this movie because if you don't, you're a racist. (laughs) And so uh, you have all this kind of negative marketing associated with it. And uh, a lot of it, you can't avoid it. It was tied in with the president. Uh, One of the principal actors even came out and said, I'm a DACA recipient and uh, I don't care what the president thinks about it. Uh, If you see me on in the movie, that is flying in the face of what he thinks. So they're trying to politicize it mm-hmm. and thinking that they can gain ground. And that turns off people like me. And now yeah. you might be wondering, like, where am I getting the 200 number from? Well, I, I'm part of Facebook groups and we talk shop, we talk politics. And I can already tell you, like, there's a, there's a whole group of us where we unanimously said, you know, we're not, gonna, we're not going to come out and say, well, except me, because obviously I'm on the radio. We're not going to try and dissuade other people from seeing it, but we're not. Because we vote with our wallets. And it's like, well, we've been insulted enough. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been told this movie's bad. And I think that's a shame because I like the character when he first appeared in Civil War. I thought that he was really cool. He was. But I'm just thinking to myself, you know, you insult me enough. And uh, it gets to the point where I just don't want to support you. You know, I, I'll easily wait for it to come on Redbox. I'll wait till it's on Netflix. Um, but right now, not only that, but you saw what happened recently. Rotten Tomatoes flat out said, if you try and um, and make a negative review for this movie and we think it's hate speech, we're going to take it off. Well, I did not see that. Yeah, it's a, it was on IndieWire. It was yesterday. They, they've said, and I can pull it up, they said that they are going to take down whatever they, they consider hate speech reviews for Black Panther. Well, then 
what you consider hate speech. I mean, yeah, like, that's and, a good question. And people were replying to it. They got a lot of th- a lot of hits on IndieWire. People were saying, "Well, what if I'm a movie critic and I really don't like the movie, right. And it just sounds negative. Are you going to take it down?" And so, even yesterday on Twitter, the top headline last night was like, um, "What what has happened to to take down Black Panther's 100 percent fresh rating?" Yeah. Uh, and I can. Now, this is great. I I've heard this story already. Tim, go ahead. Well, and I mean, so, if you read some of these reviews, they're kind of they're they're almost Orwellian. I'll read you one right now. It's from David Ehrlich, and he says in here, he says the director has created the first Marvel movie in which anyone can see themselves on screen. Well, it's funny because you know you listen to a lot of critics, and they say, well, we need more representation because there's no way that in a majority white movie that any person of color can see themselves on screen. Now, I take exception to that because I frankly don't care. And yet this is a this is a reviewer saying that for the fact that it's a majority black cast, now everyone can see it on screen. I mean, we're kind of aware of these reviews and we're, we're very well aware of past criticisms. CBS said that, quote, this was going to be the most diverse Marvel movie ever. And it's like, well, how are you defining diverse? It's a majority black cast with... I think two principal actors who are white, one of which I hear is taken out in the first uh, quarter of the movie. <laughs> so, I mean, like you have this controversy that I think was unnecessary uh, as part of the marketing. And I think if they just said, did we need to make it a racist thing? Exactly. I think if you just said, hey, it's not racial at all. Uh, it's a good movie. Because I'm going to go see it because I think the guy who plays the Black Panther mm-hmm. yeah. is one of the best actors out there mm-hmm. right now. Right. Exactly. I mean, he's played. He's played uh, Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's played James Brown. Mm-hmm. He's going to play the Black Panther. And I just watched a movie over the weekend, uh, one of his first movies, where he the King, the King's Message or something. Okay, where he's a guy from uh, from Africa checking on his sister who has been killed by some drug lords, and he goes, "It's a, it's just a a, a, a vengeance movie." Yeah, it's a, he's great in it. Yeah, I think he played a young Thurgood Marshall. Last year. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, Me neither. but I expect it to be really good mm-hmm. because he's an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to see him in this movie. Right. But I still think it's it sets a lot of what I think reverse racist arguments on their head. Yeah, and I'm it, a white guy who wants to go <laughs> see a black guy. <laughs> and I think the reviewers aren't doing them any good because they're they're overpraising it, overhyping it. And a lot of it, you can't tell if it's hyperbolic yeah. or if it's genuine. And honestly, I think that, you know, like I said, the people I know who have seen it, uh, who like it, I think overall it's probably a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll go see anything Denzel does. Mm-hmm. All right? Denzel Washington is an awesome actor. Mm-hmm. I've seen every – I think I've seen every one of his – I saw Ricochet, all right? That tells <laughs> you i got to be a Denzel Washington uh, believer. Okay, we'll come back. We'll talk further here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Tim Lim is with us. Dr. Timothy Lim here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM. Uh, the answer, Fox News, and then we got more. You know, maybe what we should do is this part of the show should be silent, and the things that we talk about during the breaks should be the show. What do you think, Zach? I think so. But if we did, they'd take us off the air. <laughs> Your ratings would go up. They would spike tremendously before you got off the air. <laughs> yeah, but I'd go off the air and probably never come back on again. That's That's the problem. Anyway. Uh, we've been talking about the new movie Black Panther that opens a week from today, and uh, I know a lot of people are going to go uh, go see it. And they may they may be black, they may be Asian, they may be they may be white uh, 
white, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what, um, I'm a white, whatever. What do they call it now? White privilege. Yeah. I'm a white privilege guy. Okay. Uh, I've seen posts on the internet now of, of, from Twitter of black folks saying you white people don't come. This is our movie. Yeah. Okay. So was, you know, anything that Sidney Portier did, was that your movie too? I mean, I, I don't get this. I, yeah. did, I, I was explaining to, to, um, to Tim and to Zach, because they're not as old as I am. Look, I'm going to be 65 next year. So I've seen a lot of crap in my time and I, and I've seen a lot of great things in my time. And one of the great things that I saw during my time was in the seventies with the black exploitation movies, which was the true time when black movies were really hitting the cinema. All right. When, uh, you know, people were, you know, like, uh, well, I won't get into all the, the different uh, actors and actress that came on and, and, you know, Shaft and Richard Roundtree and all the other people that, that did. And those movies were fantastic. And I went and saw them and loved them. Still love them. That's why, uh, Zach, I tell you, I got all excited about that movie, Proud Mary, mm-hmm. because it was nothing more than homage to the black exploitation movies of the 70s. It was great. I had a great time going to see it. So I don't get this color thing. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I, I don't get the whole color thing. Yeah, and I think a lot of these people, I don't I don't think it was a mandate necessarily from above. It's just a, a gathering of people who... Uh, self-proclaimed gatekeepers who are basically trying to get a message out there, but they're ending, they're shooting themselves in the foot because they're making people such as myself not want to watch the movie because yeah. now that you've politicized it, mm-hmm. you've kind of spoiled it for us. And so when we were off the air, one of the things I shared was this post, and what your your listeners are going to think it's really funny. So it's from um, Jude Terror from Bleeding Cool. So okay, now we, rem- we remember that we talked about Bleeding Cool last week because this guy attacked was it Ethan? Ethan, correct. Yeah. Who yeah. does the Green Lantern. Right. Uh, so Jude Terra, who's one of the writers for Bleeding Cool, here's what he tweeted last night. He said, Trump's America spoils Black Panther's 100% Rotten Tomatoes score. So as of today, Rotten Tomatoes only has one negative review for Black Panther, so it's down 98%. Here's the twist. The twist is that the reviewer is from Ireland. So it He's means not part of Trump's America. He's not part of Trump's <laughs> America. He's literally not even American. Uh, he's from Ireland. So these people, these so-called comics journalists, they're so rabid in terms of holding down the fort that they don't even do their own research to find out that this reviewer isn't even from the country. They're just so quick to blame, quote-unquote, Trump's America for a less-than-perfect score. So basically they're not letting people form their own opinions. Correct. And, um, you know, like I said, for me, I just want to go watch the film because I think it's going to be a great movie. Not right. To, you know, to get into the politics or whatever. But, you know, I just love to go to the movies every week, possibly. And um, I just think Black Panther is going to be a great film that everyone should go enjoy. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, we talked about it that, you know, the ca- the main guy, he's a very good actor. The character was very cool yeah. in Civil War. A lot of the, what I'm hearing is that the effects are really interesting because you have this fictional country, Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And h- how do you create kind of this technological utopia in the middle of uh, sub-Saharan Africa? And yeah. the way they pulled it off, you think it's a real place. So mm-hmm. I-, I hear that. I think on its surface and perhaps in terms of its quality, it's, it's probably going to be a really good movie. Yeah. But there are a lot of people like me who are just like, you know what? I can uh, take that money and <laughs> go watch something else. Uh, but you, but you know, what? the same thing happened out of the Justice League and um, when it was first released. You know, you had all these high remarked views about the film. 
And then, you know, everyone went in with high expectations. When I went in and saw the film, you know, they were basically you know, demoralized. Now, with this movie, I know I expect to be, you know, it's going to be a much better film than Justice League and um, Batman versus Superman. But, um, you know, I just don't understand it. You know, you should let people inform their own opinions and go enjoy a film for two hours. That's the whole, that's the entire point of going to the movies. Right. And not just that, but the point of a critic is to be critical, which means that mm -hmm. uh, a movie might not be perfect, but that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it. But when, when you're tooting it as kind of like the greatest thing since sliced bread Mm -hmm. and we go and watch those movies and formulate our own opinions, we start to see our differences in opinion with these critics. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to think to ourselves, wait a minute. Uh, no, I think there's a lot of things here that need to be unpacked. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a, the most recent example that I think is very fascinating is when The Last Jedi came out. Yeah. It has one of the greatest differences. It had one of the greatest differences between the audience test score versus the critic test score. Right. When critics went to see it, they gave it an almost perfect score. Mm-hmm. Audiences went to see it and the score went down. Exactly. And, and then now what happens is you'll see that it's actually the lowest rated Star Wars movie of all time. And what happened was a lot of critics took pace with the audience. Mm-hmm. They were being called out. And so yeah. they started writing more honest reviews. Yeah. And I said, would you rather be called out on it or would you rather just be honest when you mm-hmm. go watch these movies? Exactly. And then that way you're able to not only preserve your credibility, but also I think it makes for a more interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people like to talk about movies when they're done seeing it, whether, whether you liked it or hate it. Right. People like to gauge opinions not everyone, and, and not everyone's going to agree on everything no that's, not entire, that's what that's what the conversation is about right I'll, I'll give you the perfect example between people who saw a movie and the critics who wrote about the movie the greatest showman oh okay. yeah yeah i mean it was like 97 percent of those who went and saw the movie yeah loved it like seven percent of the critics liked it mm-hmm. they hated it because they said well, it really wasn't an honest portrayal of okay. P.T. Barnum. It wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, it's embellished. Yeah. It's, it's entertainment. It's very obvious it's embellished. And here's the key. The people love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the people who wrote the music, the same people who wrote for La La Land, and it was a huge hit because of how good those, those writers are. Mm-hmm. And this movie's doing the same thing. And when you go in... You walk out, you feel good. That's right. I mean, I mean that's the, you know, that's why I always warn people. There are some movies that when you go see it, they're feel good movies. There's mm-hmm. some movies you go see like Hostels. Yeah. That when you walk out, it's a gritty, realistic portrayal of what the old West was like between the the Native Americans and and uh, the white folks. You don't feel so good about it. Yeah. Because everybody gets killed. I mean, spoiler alert. Nah, it's not a big spoiler. <laughs> not everybody gets killed. I won't tell you who gets killed. But the bottom line is, it's you got, it's gritty. I mean, it's really gritty. I love the movie. I will probably buy it on, uh, you know, DVD. The other one that I bought here just recently, besides Wonder Woman, uh, was the one about uh, uh, Hawkeye. That's the way I got to think of him. Uh, Renner. And oh, Wonder River. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Wind River. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, dude. It's a great film. That movie, I'm just going to tell you right now, talking about politics playing into the cinema, would have had a bunch of uh, of awards and nominations, mm-hmm. except that Harvey Weinstein's company oh, wow. produced it. Wow. Because of that, they've been punished yeah. for the bad behavior of of this man yeah guilt mm-hmm. by association and i'm just telling you he him and uh was it elizabeth olsen yes she was in it oh she was great mm-hmm. in it too i mean it's it's a it's about it it's also about um 
It's about Native Americans and, uh, you know, white folk today. The head chief was fantastic as well. Yeah. Oh, it was great when he was sitting in the backyard, painted his face. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. That's great stuff. It's just really, it's an awesome movie. It was. You know, but it it's not going to get it's not getting any love from the academy from the people who vote because of Harvey Weinstein. What's really scaring me right now is have you seen um, Darkest Hour? Oh, I have not yes. seen it. You've seen it, Zach? I've seen it. You I like it? it? I loved it. You did? Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I like Dunkirk, and so I would love to see Darkest Hour because I think Gary Oldman's a great actor as well. And yeah. Finest Hours too. That's another film. Okay. Well, I was wondering because Darkest Hour it actually got some pretty good Oscar nods, and that was yep. one of those movies where it's like. I don't know if this is going to get any Oscar nods because look at some of the people who are, are saying that's good. Like Rush Limbaugh, mm-hmm. uh, he's been saying it's been good for since December. And so I think – and I was thinking to myself just by him kind of uh, not endorsing it but at least saying how how well-researched it was that that was already its death knell. But then I heard on the, <laughs> on the radio not too long ago, it's like, no, nah, I got some Oscar nominations. I that thought, movie, okay. No, that movie was great. I basically – I think I gave it a 9 out of 10. It oh, was wow. that good. Yeah, and I hear Gary Oldman's performance was really good. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's Churchill. He embodies Churchill. Churchill. Yep. He he really does. Only thing that I've heard, like I said, I'm going to tell you, I haven't seen the movie, Mm -hmm. but I have read uh, some things about the the speech that he gives at the end of the movie, which is the the most famous speech that he's, you you will fight, blah, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. uh, is that he got his ideas by when he was walking through the tube and talking to people. That is not where he got his right. ideas. But it was nice. It was nice to see. Well, I understand, but <laughs> they're trying to portray this as a historically accurate movie. Yeah. That is historically absolutely wrong. <laughs> he wrote that. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, he, I think, uh, he wrote that, yeah. sat down and wrote it. It wasn't Larry Arn, was it? It was someone who was uh, an expert on Churchill. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, it, I might be wrong, so if someone's listening out there, you can call me out on it. But I think it was Larry Arn who was the first one to point that out, that 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 subway scene where he talks to mm-hmm. um, his fellow men that now nah, that was done for Hollywood because it uh, it resonates better at least with yeah. audiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the bottom line is it's what's the old saying if you get your history from movies uh, then the history I forget how that statement goes <laughs> but it's not very good history let's just put it that way. Yeah. Because if you watched the Ten Commandments and or if you watched uh, went out and saw Ben Hur. That's, it wasn't so much that way. Yeah. Just letting you know. Don't you know? get your history from movies and don't get your politics from late night comedians. Yeah, there you go. I <laughs> like that. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially late night com- uh, comedians that get their talking points from Chucky e. Schumer. Right. Jimmy Kimmel. You know that, don't you, Zach? Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. No, no, it's, Jim- it's uh, Kimmel. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Fallon's not too bad. Yeah, he's, he's okay. okay. Yeah. And he try. you know, he tries to do Leno stuff and, and Carson stuff. You know, when he, he has them, uh, you know, doing songs and things of yeah. that nature. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's bringing, you know, trying to bring Johnny Carson into the 21st century or whatever. Kimmel is just a guy who wants to be a progressive talk show host that knows that he won't make any money at it. And he used to, you know, used to jump on, tra- uh, watch show pe- uh, women jumping on trampolines. Yeah. That's what he's known for. The men's show, mm-hmm. the man's show. Yeah, you know? it's interesting that the two hosts of that kind of went their separate ways. You have Adam Carolla. Carolla's great, yeah. man. <laughs> now, if you want to hear somebody tell you like he believes it is, you, you listen to his podcast. Yeah, not safe for kids. <laughs> no, not any. Him and uh, who's the guy who does, he also does MMA, 
Rogan? Rogan. Oh, Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. Yeah, yeah, he's the same way on yes. his podcast. He's He'll fantastic. tell you what, what he thinks, mm-hmm. you know? And and he's entertaining to listen to him. Truly. Who was the, we were talking about? Uh, the guy that I get I get something from him every day, uh, former Secret Service guy. Dan Bongino. Yeah, Bongino. He's really good, too. Yeah. And then he is, let me just warn you, he is really conservative. Yeah, and not just that, but uh, for your listeners, I think it's free. If you if you yeah. look at Bongino's podcast on uh, iTunes, uh, you're gonna that's that's something that I think you should listen to. Maybe at least if not w- every day, <laughs> once every other day, he explains things in a very cogent fashion. He takes very difficult concepts such as the stock market and he simplifies it uh, in an easy to understand way. That's also really entertaining. But he's mm. a really smart guy. All right, I'm working on getting him on. By the way, uh, at it, CPAC. I hope you can. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. It'd be fun to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Really would. All right, let's get a final break in, and then we come back, and we'll talk. We'll get back to pa- Black Panther for a few moments. There's a few more things, a few more thoughts that I got about that as well. It's all coming down to the last few minutes of the Dave Ellswick Show for a Friday, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right, so we got eight minutes left here on the Dave Ellswick Show for this week. Uh, Monday, I'm trying to think who we got coming up on Monday. Uh, I can tell you for sure that we'll have Conduit for Action in. We'll have Robert Steinbach in at 5 o'clock. And I know I got some other guests that are going to join us on that day. Uh, Tuesday, uh, Howie Kurtz is going to be on. You see him on uh, Fox News talking about the media. He's going to join us on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, I got the Lewis's from uh, Lewis Family Beef on. Uh, Joe and Duck will be on. So, uh, we got a lot of different things coming. Bible guys on Tuesday as well. Uh, Scott Stewart's supposed to be back. So a lot of things coming up next week. I'm taking Thursday and Friday next week off birthday. And then, uh, for Friday, getting ready for the big birthday blowout the next day with my one year old grandson. That's so cool. On Thursday, I'm getting two teeth pulled. So, Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. I, I, you know about the problem I've had with my mouth. Uh, and I'm, I'm getting ready to get that all fixed up. I had to save up my money to be able to afford what needed to be done. And, uh, the first thing you got to do is pull two teeth in the top of my, of my mouth and then let that heal up real good before they go in and remove the rest that they have to take out. And mm. then dentures, dun, get, dun, getting dun. dentures, yeah. <laughs> but you won't be able to tell. That's what he tells me. Dr. Sharp. There in uh, in Cabot. Who am I going to have on the show? Big time conservative. Wonderful. It was great meeting him. Big big fan of the show. Okay. So it's going to be fun to have him on. I should get him on with the with the Geek Squad so he can really think that I'm weird. <laughs> he might not like what we have to talk yeah, about. I mean, like yeah. like what we were talking about before. I mean, some people don't necessarily know what happens in the world of comics. Well, I, yeah, you know, and I agree with that. And my whole thing about what I wanted to talk to you about, and we have talked about it. But going back to it here in the last few moments is that our side of the aisle, so to speak, the conservative side of the aisle, uh, we have made some inroads, for instance, in Hollywood. But I remember back in the 80s how irritated I would get of the conservative actors that I knew that were in Hollywood that wouldn't take some of their own money and drop it into a movie right. to promote, uh, you know, conservative thought. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you make an overtly conservative movie. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying that you maybe you've made a movie about, I don't know, George Washington. 
or so, and made it a, a really good historical account of the man. And I think people would have turned out and seen it at that time. Now they say he's a white slave owner with white privilege and who wants to go see him. But the bottom line, I'm just telling you that that's what I wanted to see. Yeah. Um, to give Sean Hannity credit, I mean, he did co-produce uh, Kevin Sorbo's movie, Let There Be Light. So you How's have- it doing? I actually I haven't heard all that much about it. No, I mean it, it was in the theaters for a few weeks. I think it was it actually was in, ranked in the top ten of uh, I guess Christian independent movies that came out last well, that's year. Good. So within its own demographic, it did very good. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you have to give the guy credit. I mean, he put his money where his mouth is. He tried to at least contribute something to the popular culture. But the thing that really uh, it kind of grinds my gears is that um, I think carving out a niche is really good. I mean, it's a good place to start. But eventually, what you want to do is you have to take back that territory. And that's hard. Uh, and that's really hard. <laughs> yes, it is. And so a lot of it boils down to capital. A lot of it is just that there's a lot of very high-profile, prominent people in our industry who don't want to out themselves as conservatives. And they know the moment they drop money on any type of publication that supports people who have either been blacklisted or fired, they're out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know that they're going to burn some bridges doing that. Um, but you know, I tell people, and maybe I'm talking big, but I said if I ever won a lottery, that'd be the first thing that – I would do is I would try and spearhead that movement. I'm with you. I have nothing to lose. I mean, uh, in the list of things, you have the Brightweisers, for example, who are A-listers. You have me, who is like a C-lister. You know, uh, I'm I'm carving my way into the industry through a grassroots level, but that also makes it very good because uh, I have nothing to lose since I haven't built up quite as much gain as anyone else. Well, we can talk about the chilling effect this stuff has. All right, when somebody that's big in the industry gets sacked because of their political views right and then you have other people and we know some of those people that are are conservatives and now they get nervous about saying anything because they don't want to get sacked right along the way too and the scary thing about it is it's not even about saying anything um the way these ideologues work is you have to agree with them you can't be neutral yeah that's correct yeah and that's difficult because we have a lot of friends who are they're not conservative uh, they're somewhat libertarian, but they definitely lean left. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they come out and they tell us, they say, I'm really scared I'm going to get sacked tomorrow because we'll be meeting. And they'll say, hey, what, what's your opinion on the issue? And my opinion might not agree completely with theirs. Uh, and I don't want to say anything because I know that they're going to can me. Now, here's my, my suggestion to you if you're wherever you're working at. If somebody says, what do you think about that? Say, I don't think this is the, the place to be talking about that. No, that's completely true, and I encountered that on the university, too. I mean, luckily, people have been pretty kind towards me. I don't know what their opinions are, but I flat-out tell them. They say, hey, I heard you worked on a book, and I say, can't talk about it. Yeah, can't talk about it here. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I understand that. Doc, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Absolutely. We're going to have you back again, of Anytime. course, soon. Dr. Tim Lim here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be back with you on Monday. Zach, good job. Did a fantastic job. Always want to finish up by reminding you, God gave you a whole week of life. Give him one hour to talk to you on Sunday. See you Monday. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.